What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast, episode 90. Uh, and today it's another revision of Goats After Dark. I recorded this a while ago, um, took that break for personal issues, um, and uh, flew home and stuff. Long story. Uh, <laughs> but I recorded this a while back with uh, Christina DiRienzo. Uh, she is the. Uh, She's on TikTok and all that stuff. She's the chief that I did an episode a while back with called Keep Scrolling. And then Chief Bob, who you all know and love, and uh, Damo from the uh, Permission to Speak Freely podcast. I had so much fun talking to those guys, and he was he was eager to get on a, on a Goats After Dark episode, and it was a lot of fun. I had a really great time. It's always fun to get a bunch of chiefs in a room and talk. Well, not always, but sometimes when it's the right people. And this time it was definitely the right people. We went all over the place, talked about a lot of different things. It's definitely leadership topics, but it's also just us like coking and joking a little bit too. Um, as always, the aim of these episodes is to kind of give people a fly on the wall perspective of what uh, like a mess conversation is like. And uh, if that's what you're into or you're curious, <laughs> keep listening. I hope you, guys, you all enjoy this. Check it out. So yeah, I'll, I'll kick him to old episodes for your bios and stuff, but like, I'm just, so we kind of started talking a little bit, Christina, before you popped in just now. And, uh, like the elephant in the room is this Mick Pond article and I don't want to, like we were talking and I'm not trying to like, you can't even say anything really definitively because we don't even know what the hell's going on, but it's all over the place. And I just got tagged in a Reddit post and all this other stuff about like people are just having discussions about like. I, like leadership in general and chiefs in general and stuff like that. So like I brought it up with them and I'm just like, I guess, I guess we got to talk about this article that let, literally said nothing. It said it's not as bad as the last one, but it's like they published an article just saying he's under investigation, which I mean, I, it could turn out to be like absolutely nothing. Just like some baseless claim by somebody that's mad that they like didn't get a job or didn't get an EP or something. I don't know. Um, which won't take the embarrassment away of being on the cover of the Navy times, but like, I don't know. It's so stupid, but, um, well, I talked to you about the last time I talked to you was, um, after I got back from school and I was talking about talking with him and his whole spiel about like what, what it was like to be Mick Pond and all that. And when he talked about the amount of stuff that you can and can't do. And like we, we had the whole right. thing about like you, he could, couldn't take a coin from somebody unless that was like their command and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And I understand all those legal rules exist and all the ethical laws or whatever it is. But, um, he kept going on about him so much that <clears throat> I think his point was just trying to show like the scrutiny that he's, that you're under at that yeah. position. And so like, it could be something as small as he took two extra coins and for didn't right. tell somebody or it could be something bigger, but it was just one of those, like yeah. when this article came out, the, the group, our class from there, we're still in like a group chat on WhatsApp yeah. or whatever. And one of the guys sent the article and was like, see, I told you, like nobody talks about all the things that get you in trouble like that. Unless, <laughs> unless they they're know doing about them or like, something. Yeah. Like he was reading <laughs> way too far into it, but it was like, like yeah. no, you know, nobody's that scared of all the rules all the time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think he was scared. He was, he was just scared. To explain yeah, what his life is like. Just stressful and, and kind of obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the way I looked at it was just pretty much on that scope of like journalistic responsibility. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. we, we already know what the Navy times is like known for, right. but, you know, with some of us who got our own podcast and other forms of like media, it's like, it's people watching, man. People yeah. that we don't always know is watching. It's other 
our adversaries are watching, reading Navy Times, and we just keep throwing Mick Ponds up in yeah. the covers of shit without, oh, sorry, <laughs> in the covers of our, you know, publications without even having anything. I read the article. It was like, hey, something's going on. We don't know what yeah, it is. But we don't know what it is. <laughs> but this would get clicks. So we threw it up. Yeah. That's how yeah. I reacted to the article itself because there was like zero detail in it at all. And I have like, I don't know the dude, but like, from the very beginning when he took over, it was like there were all these signs of like uh, like encouraging positive behavior to like rehab the image. And I, I'm just assuming he's behind them all. But like when the, the all social media accounts changed to office of the Master Chief Petty Officer Navy, I'm like, ah, maybe it's because he's he was in a room for five seconds. But then when he took it over completely, he never put his name on anything. And I'm like, yes, like that's awesome. And then. He didn't make a big to do about getting the like three screw anchor pin. He just was on the Constitution. He's like, all right, boys, let's do it. And like had a couple of chiefs pin him. And uh, I don't know, like he every interaction I've seen. And then, like I told you guys earlier, I'm friends with him on Facebook, like his personal account and the stuff he posts like this dude is like super introspective and deep. And he's like reading and thinking. And it's like I find it so hard to believe that this is going to be anything substantial at all. Um, he's out there running like a crazy drug ring and housing or something. Shut up. (laughs) I actually reached out. Um, I have, you know, um, reached out to him a couple times on just aspects of, you know, the things that I've been going through a lot of things out here too. And he's been a very good mentor, um, for a lot of stuff. And I reached out to him recently because I woke up to somebody sending me this article and they were like, who knows him personally, personally. And they were like, Hey, Christina, look at this look at this like what, what do you think and i opened it and i was like there's nothing to think about anything this right could be there's like, nothing you know, yeah, keep, trash. you know like like almost like you said he probably he could have just told somebody something the wrong thing the one one day and they just went high and right with it right and knowing his personality ca- and kind of what you guys said right um and i've met him too and just the the standard of how he is as a person and as a mcpon i just uh i don't see this probably yeah. like the major thing that of course the Navy times has to have to make it be, yeah just to make like gotta get says, them clicks. clicks and shares and, and yeah. likes and, and all <laughs> those things you know it's just it's in a sad I, 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 think it's, it, to... I think it does a disservice though too it does a disservice like posting yeah. it has nothing in there like his career yeah. is mm-hmm. gonna yep. be yeah it's so, always gonna be a question you know. mark or an asterisk or whatever and it's that's so unfair yeah. Even Go if ahead, it's Bob, a film, you know, there's going to be the people that say like, oh, they're just covering up something else going on. Yeah, um, I think yeah. it'll be a minority just because of how this dude has conducted himself the entire time he's been in office. It's just it's super authentic. And I, I don't know. I maybe maybe everybody has developed such a deep distrust for chiefs in, in a way like that. That scar tissue is going to prevent them from seeing what this dude really is. But like for me, it's like I'm pretty like I'm at a point in life where I'm fighting off some bitterness and it's like, I still look at this. I'm like, come on. Like he's as close to the idea. Like he's not Rick West. And even he would say that out loud, but like, he's as close to the ideal as I think you could hope for. Like he's, I, I really like this guy. Um, Bob, what were you going to say? Oh no, I was just saying, I just felt bad. Like I'm now you can't bring up any sort of senior, uh, leadership issues right like not necessarily just the mick pond but anybody at the top without them throwing back a reference to giordano 
Yeah. Like they had to yeah. rehash his whole thing because it's like, yeah. well, we can't tell you anything about the actual article that you want to read, so we'll just retell you about Giordano again. And it's like because it has any relevance. Like, I'm not besides, saying, yeah, I'm not saying he did nothing wrong ever. I'm not saying any of that stuff, right? But like, at some point, do we have to like keep blasting this poor dude right. forever? <laughs> like, well, right? When do you just funny, let that go? I think the funniest part of the article was when it was like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as Giordano. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. It actually, like it it's like all we that. can tell. We don't know what it is. We just know it it's not bad as bad as. as <laughs> like, how how do you know that if you don't know what it is? Like, like, uh, like how do you like rest like assured? <laughs> rest assured. I promise yeah. you guys, it wasn't as bad. <laughs> He's sitting around with like his feet up, drinking coffee, scrolling through you know his morning news, and all of a sudden he's like, "Oh dang." Look at what's going on in the Navy. And then you hear about that. And it's like, come on, man. I've been out for three years. Quit yeah. blasting me. Like, yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> then for him to have to read, I can imagine reading it and selfishly thinking like, oh, man, somebody else. And then that last line, well, it wasn't as bad as you. Dude, really? Man. Did you have to put that in? <laughs> really? Right, yeah. right. Uh, I don't know. That's something, game this afternoon. that's something I'm going to pursue when I retire because I don't want the Navy to be mad at me. But, like, I'm going to try. I don't think he'll do it, but I'm going to try to get Giordano on, but we'll see. I, I think yeah, he, I, might. he might. He might. He might. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm gonna read you guys just because after I, your CMC tour, you'll have time, and he'll. There's not gonna be a CMC tour show. <laughs> there's gonna be a retirement tour. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I, the thing on Reddit. So the I got tagged in this post. Like somebody just shared the article um, into the Navy sub on Reddit, and this dude commented and he goes i'm not saying cmc shouldn't exist this is a retired cmc saying this for context but he's like, I'm, not, I'm not saying cmc shouldn't exist they should and i was one proudly but the entire cpo mess which he bolded uh, of late has been a collateral duty holding air quotes just want to make khaki mentality and this advancement method within a specialized profession needs to stop he said we're enlisted period we're supposed to train officers yes but this delusion of grandeur um that they couldn't exist without us is literally hurting the wardroom as a tertiary effect. Unfortunately, half of the leadership mess flags spends more time talking about their boss with each other than their sailors. I think he means like flag level CMCs. Um, I was at a command less than a month before I was asked where I wanted to go next and what I needed to promote. So I retired because there is no E10. I mean, there is, but there's only one. Uh, the, the chiefs are literally giving so, themselves away for cool kid t-shirts. That was the line I was talking about earlier. The way that he, he described it. Uh, I liked, I liked the way he said that back to Mick Ponds. Congrats chiefs. Oh, back to back Mick Ponds. Congrats chiefs, which I don't, you know, that sentiment. I'm not, I, I don't think it's fair yet. Um, as if I voted the, for it. I, well, yeah. And <laughs> obviously there's a chance that, um, you know, there's, it's something horrible, but I don't think it's, I, I just can't, I've been surprised before, but I can't fathom a world where this dude did something super wrong. Um, better for the doubt till the IG's done, yada, yada. And then I edit at the bottom. He said kind of off topic, but kind of related. I got in touch with flag, uh, SEL Walter Reed. There's, I guess there's some issue with cold water at Walter Reed. And he's just talking about how the dude is trying and he's a good guy. Uh, he's pissed off about how it's being handled and, and it's some like weirdness where the army owns Walter Reed, but then CNIC, it owns the Navy people that are at Walter Reed. So that like trying to get it handled is a, is a mess. Um, and he just said at the end, he goes, I bring this up because again, he's enlisted. You need to report higher up, uh, than him to, to help. And then, uh, 
the kid that tagged me said uh, he was just asking, like, he's curious to know how much of the guy's success was in spite of the system or if you really just played the game and won. And then he said, if you did a Tegas podcast, I'd listen. So uh, the guy responded, he said, 18 years for CMC. But yeah, it was kind of quick, I guess. I made chief in 10. And then in 25 years, I did a bunch of commands. Not really relevant. I also put uh, on CMC when he converted, said at the rate conversion. Not really sure what he meant by that, but he said he was an FCCM for like a month and then he was a CMC. He said, I think it's a mixture of me being a Navy lifer before I even enlisted, some luck and severe mental health issues that drove me to use the Navy as a measure of my own ego to an unhealthy level looking back, which I thought was interesting that he was that honest about it. Um, all that being said, like the the beginning of it is probably the more interesting and relevant piece of it where I, I just thought it was interesting that he said, and I'm curious how you guys feel about like he's focused on the concept of which I think we all go back and forth about how we feel about being pushed in the leadership direction or we're the subject matter expert and we should be focused on focused on our specialty and training our juniors and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, there's people who think we can and should do both and it's like a spectrum. But then also he's talking about the kind of the culture of the chief's mess and how people are more focused on what they need to do to get to their next promotion than they are about leading people, which should be if I mean, if you're doing that correctly and it's being accurately documented, like logic would tell you that you would progress through rank and get to where you wanted to be just by a side effect of being a good leader. But then you get into like the nuts and bolts of like the eval system and the, what's in the ECP and what's in the precepts and all that crap. And people get lost in trying to check boxes instead of just trying to do a good job, which like I can tell you from my perspective and I'm, I'm trying to do the eight, nine board, but I've done the seven board. And it's like when you're in that room, we're having more conversations about like, well, what was their real leadership impact? Like, how did they take care of their sailors? Not did they check all the boxes in the ECP? You know what I mean? So um, that was a ton of stuff, yeah, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Talk I mean, shells. it's a matter. Yeah. It's, a, I think it's a matter of like, man, assessment, self-assessment, like who's assessing, yeah. you know, I had a first class who told me one day it was about evals yeah. and he was like, Hey, like I'm getting all of these evals and all, all of these things in these evals and these blocks are not like, some of these things are not like my personal goals. It's like somebody yeah. else's personal goals. He was like, so when I'm looking at it, if this is not what I want to do, then I really don't care about who assesses me here because it's not what my you know personal goal is. Right. And I look at that when I think about the moment I put on senior chief, the moment I put on senior chief, people start talking to me about like mm. SEL. Yeah. Uh, where's getting your, in where's certain schools. Card? Yeah. S- yeah. Like almost as like as I was like yep. slacking, like almost like yep. where's your like you're PQS? behind already. Yeah. So it's like so. <laughs> As much as we, you know, we say as culture, it's like who, like, where's the egg? Like, who started this? Like, because yeah. I didn't ask to be asked about that stuff. My, I put on senior chief, and I'm like, I'm gonna keep doing my job mm-hmm. and keep learning. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm brand new at, you know, where where I'm putting on senior chief at, brand new. So I, like, I, I got to keep learning my job, keep leading my yeah. people. But now it's like, hey, what's going on with you? Like, it's different. Like, like yeah. you need to do this. Are you are you running it? Did you run a season yet? Did you do this yet? You trying? Yeah. It's like, I'm like, give me a second. Yeah, you start like, getting me, dragged like, into this just, into this like there's like these different like clubhouses within the hierarchy of the mess. And it's like the day your name gets, they start trying to drag you into this other area. And I'm like, can I just do like, I'm busy. I got a department and a division to run. I got all this other thing, all these other things I have to do. And it's like, look, I get it over the, over the period of time. 
I have to do these things if I want to get promoted. And if my goal is to be like a Cobb CMC, I have to go do the, the PQS for command SEL program and all that stuff. But it's like, can I, can I like, can the ink dry on my frocking letter? Can I like figure this out and like get my, get my feet under me? You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. like, yeah. I think I got the take, same thing. I, it was like, you're dank yeah, th- immediately. And I'm just like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when we take like success out of the eye of the beholder, like if we put it in somebody yeah. else's judgment, we, we screw up. Like it was like, for instance, like, uh, my EL letter when I got to my second command as a as a chief, uh, EL, I had already had a, a EL letter as a second class, and that yeah. felt like an achievement. I didn't yeah. really want to get it as a chief, but yeah. then I was told if I didn't, it would have a bearing on my like evals and everything right. else. So it's like I had to get this qual that I didn't want anymore. Like, yeah, I don't want to be an EL. I, did you did even it stand it though, or was, like did they need you to, for watchbill support, or was it just like this expectation? That oh you have yeah, to do it? well. Well, I stood it. It wasn't like, okay. I mean, somebody else would have stood it if I didn't. <laughs> you, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's what I mean. Like, there wasn't, wasn't there wasn't like a shortage of, of EOS for the watch bill or something. It's all, I mean, on a DD, it's a short, yeah, it's a, it's a shortage if we, you know, say I actually got extended on a ship, but just, okay. like, just staying to watch, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, but if I wasn't qual, we would have had somebody else, like somebody that, for instance, might have been off the watch bill, like on okay. the watch bill, you know, standing to watch. If I was like, hey, I just want to focus on, like my, my second EO letter, honestly, was not an accomplishment for me at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like taking a picture with yeah. the big check smiling and it's like, <laughs> I don't care about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a common thing that I've always said though with um with just quals in general like uh on the boat right some dudes will be qualified all kinds of stuff compared to somebody else who when you meet them or you t- you know you know them you're kind of like you guys are both like superstar sailors why was this guy able to do all this and the guy wasn't and it's one was like they just needed somebody so they just kept shoving me into these spots and you know yeah. bottom line and qual cards and just kind of forcing through because they needed it and then the other guys like i was just at a super stacked division and like i did well because of them but i also they didn't need me to so like for us for chief of the watch you'll see some guys that qualified as a second class because the mm-hmm. boat needs or wants and then some boats i don't think it's as common anymore but at least it used to be where like some boats would be like no hardcore line they would not let a second class qualify oh yeah die no. or chief of the watch you know yeah. and that's not as common anymore but like right you could just tell like the, when i when i was on that boat um i had a chief who i was trying to he was pushing me to qualify something and i kind of had that same mentality like hey can we just slow down for a second like right right like i'm not even paid for this yet type deal <laughs> and uh like I get it, assume their duties and responsibilities yeah, yeah. piece, right? But like, can we slow down for a second? But and he was just like, nah, man, necessity is the mother of all quals. Like, get hot. We need you well, on the watch bill. Yeah. You're gonna get through it. Which, I get it. Then the downside is right, is how ready are you once you get qualified and all that. Well, not right? only There's that, but like with that. But I get the necessity and that I mean that is what it is. If the mission requires you to be qualified, then there's exceptions. But it's like I think there's a lot of time spent stunting growth the growth of chiefs and that's what i kind of was thinking about when i was reading this guy's post was like where like you know damo said i put the star on and they immediately started trying to push me in all these other directions i'm like how about you let me like get my feet under me figure out what the duties and responsibilities of a senior chief mean to me in this command and in my everyday life and get good at that and yeah like i'll pursue calls and stuff like i'm not trying to not get promoted again 
but I also want to figure some, like, maybe I want to go warrant. Maybe I want to just be awesome at my job. Maybe I'm happy where I'm at. Maybe like, cause there's a, cause then you get off the path of like, so all of this pressure to do all these other things, you get into that conversation about like, well, I've got 10 collateral duties that everybody think are more important than my job. And it distracts me from doing my job or the people that are really, really great technicians aren't getting promoted because they're not doing the 10 other things. But then like, what if somebody just wants to be really good at turning wrenches? Isn't that valuable? Like, isn't that really valuable to mission accomplishment? Isn't that really valuable to us doing what is our manifest destiny is to like blow things up and like break people's stuff? Like, that's kind of what we do here. So like, I want somebody to be a really good warfighter and their ability to like manage advancement exams and stuff. Like, I'm not against it. It's important. And it's like, I want... <laughs> those things to be happening correctly but it's like it feels like a lot of this stuff should get folded into people's primary duties instead of being a collateral duty at all and then that would solve a lot of the problems where you're like oh you gotta do this you gotta do that because you need it for advancement i'm like or you could just completely remove that from advancement consideration which seems like a direction they're trying to go um there's been a couple like Richardson when he's, you know, like- pushed for it and then they're pushing for it again it seems like but it's i'll say know. make that like a like the army and the basically all the other branches aside from coast guard that where you have the different versions of like senior chief, right. Where you can right. go, you're kind of the command oriented or you're like yeah. the technical yeah, expert yeah. side of it. Yeah. And it's not because yeah. the only thing that we have is like command senior chief, right. Which is right. a very different and big step, but that's the closest that we have. And you're not going right. to have four command senior chiefs, but you might need a couple of like personnel senior chiefs and then you can let those people worry about those things and you can let the technical experts worry about their technical stuff like the reason they got there theoretically right, right? yeah but we don't have that so you kind of have to be a jack of all trades and then within commands at least what i've seen especially here because it's a big command with like so much going on there's certain certain people that you do have to just pull out of what they do and say like, Hey, I know that you're, you know, a sonar tech, but we don't, we have plenty of sonar tech chiefs that know what they're talking about. I need a guy to go run ACU or whatever. I need a guy to do these things and you're good at that. So you're going to go do that. And it might not even be like a choice of theirs. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a need for it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Good. No, no. Me me and Bob are submariners and Damo's on a destroyer. Right. Oh, right now, right now, and I'm actually over there uh, um, at the Navy District, Washington. Oh, okay. <laughs> over there yeah, by, yeah. by Walter Reed. Oh, but um, so like, I'm, I'm listening to you fix guys. Fix the cold water, bro. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wish I'm too busy trying to <laughs> be hell? ACL, man. Sorry, I was about to say he's he's working on his PQSs. I'm working on my PQS. Sick. But I'm listening to you guys. Obviously, so you guys are all active duty. I'm a reservist. Um, so listening to you guys talking, I'm just like. We we as reservists we don't even get opportunities to be technical experts in our yeah. in our field ninety percent of the time. Like I, I'm right. a QM in a uh, air squadron um, SEL because we have no other yeah. chiefs there. Dude, so not even so, doing air things, you know, doing SEL things. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it's and it's like I'm listening to you guys and I'm like, man, like I'm a QMC. I think the last time I did anything QM really related when I was with the Mesron unit, but really was when I was a QM3, when I was on active duty. And That's wild. You know, it's, it's, it's sad because, um, you know, when we get put up for advancement and stuff, you know, when I was first class, I'm looking at my, my ECP and I'm like, oh man, I, 
I don't really have a lot of these qualifications because well, we, right. we don't get the opportunity to, to do these. And, and you know, yeah. so I was I was surprised when I picked up actually. Um, but then looking at looking at now, you know, I was up for senior for my first time this this last year, and um, the person who had made it over me really like looking at their their fleet temps because I you know wanted to know why why there was one, why I didn't get <laughs> yeah, it right. Stalk. Like maybe I there's some the difference, right? You know, <laughs> I want to know. Stalk them. Um, you know, stock a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Was lucky enough to get like a ship deployment. So assuming, you know, like a, yeah, they, they yeah. did some QM mm-hmm. stuff, right? That's not mm-hmm. really always available for for us like that. I think I go on um, right. ZipServe, if you guys don't know what it is, but we go on ZipServe to pick up deployments and stuff as reservists. It's a website. Oh, you okay. can go online and, you know, it has a whole bunch of things. And if you go on there and you pick your rate specifically, there's no mm-hmm. QM like orders ever. <laughs> You know, it's usually yeah, like yeah. BMs and BMs and, and MAs and, and GMs. And it's and it's just, it's, it's a little sucky. So, um, you know, I don't even get to be a technical expert, but then they still want me to be. But right. I have no opportunity, well, no that's opportunity to too, be. Cause, that's interesting because a lot of that's dependent on the community also. Because we have a guy um, at my command now um, who he's in the opposite position, right? Where he's always been like, I do not want, he doesn't even have a cob card printed. If you, you emailed it to him, he'd probably delete it, but he's an amazing <laughs> IT and that's all he does. Oh, I know and exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and he's great at being an IT. He's one of the smartest dudes I've ever met in that aspect. Yeah. And yes, he's like a good leader and all that. Right. But he just put on master chief. And so he's like, Hey, I want to go somewhere to go be a master chief. Right. And he got roped into this, like, you go look at uh, uh, my Navy assignments and there's no Master Chief billets for its seat. Right. And so he's like, okay, well, I'll take one of these ones over at 10th Fleet that you have nine posted. And they're like, ah, but that's shore duty and you're on shore duty now. And he's like, but there's no other jobs for me. Like this is what yeah. I want to go do. And they're basically like, well, yep. you can either go be a cob or yep. you can go fill a radio chief billet. And he's like, why would I do that? Right. Like, not that I'm yep. better than that, but also I feel like as a 20 some odd year Master me to be Chief, a I feel like I've done it. Yeah. Right, how, like you're paying me f- to be the ex the the master chief IT, and you yeah. have a job that needs a master chief IT. Why, like, I got it that you have this rule, but you're telling me Ooh. that you can't figure this out. I don't know. There are definitely yeah. they do I mean, that to a lot of submariners that like, which it's strange to me that like they sit there at a board and they decide like because I like I just made master chief this past year and it's like. They sat at a board and decided I was ready to be a master chief. And I understand that like they they perceived me as a guy that was pursuing Cobb, which I was. And then I got sick and blah, blah, blah. But then if you're going to make me an in-rate master chief, because that's what you're doing. You're not making me a Cobb master chief like you're making me an in-rate master mm-hmm. chief. You would think that the Navy would want to pay me to go do master chief things. And it's like I'm at in a job now that you could like it's a senior chief billet, but you could argue it should be a master chief. And it usually is. Um and then there's a couple of Tycom jobs that are Master Chief jobs. But other than that, it's like, unless you're going to go be a cob, there's no at sea jobs for Master Chiefs. But then you ask yourself the question, like, well, why not? Like, and I don't mean like necessarily on submarines. I've done two chief tours on submarines. You're not going to get another one out of me, even if I went to be a cob. I'm, st- I'm not an in rate Master Chief anymore. I'm being a cob. I'm a command SEL. So it's like, I asked the question once and I couldn't get a straight answer out of the, uh, Navy Supply Systems Command, CMC, when he was touring the A school when I was there, I was like, so I'm going to go do my second chief tour as a cook chief on a submarine as a senior chief, and then I'm going to go to shore duty and retire probably or go be a cop or whatever. 
and I'm like, why can't I like you're not going to get another chief throw out of me on a submarine and rate no matter what, like no matter what, I'm not doing it. So why won't you let me go to like an aircraft carrier and be a CS master chief? A job's not wildly different. Like it's probably like way easier in a lot of ways. Like there'll be different problems. But for a guy like me, I think it would be easier because I've dealt with like the problems in a way that I won't encounter them on an aircraft carrier. Um, but then it all the other stuff just scales up. But it's like, why can't I go do that? Like, pay me to be a mass chief. I'll go to an aircraft carrier. I'm going to sea. So I'm like maintaining seashore flow stuff. But they have this weirdness about like the, well, that's a surface billet and you can't have it. And it's just like, well, why not? Like, it doesn't, I don't understand why it makes any difference. Like, why you can't just go back and forth. Cause they do that with COBS when they get selected for CMC. You can then go to surface ships and be a CMC. So it's like, well, what's the difference? Like, I can go fill that billet too. And I bet you they're not fully made at sea. Um, just like everything. So I don't know. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me to like, to not allow us to go do that. But then at the same time, my retirement papers are in. So I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. No more. <laughs> but well, that's the sad part with this guy, right? Is he's like, he wants to stay in. But he's like, but I'm not going to go back and do another chief's tour when you're paying me to be a master chief. Like, it's not my fault. Your job doesn't exist or like this job doesn't exist for me. Like, you're paying me to do this. Let me go yeah. do this. But it's so he's kind of stuck where he's like, I'm willing to work with you. And he realized he's not like trying to hold the detailer hostage. He knows. Yeah. He understands the rules. Right. He's yeah, done he used to be there. He was like an ECM. So, right. Yeah. So, like, he gets it. And but he's also at the point in his career where he can just not do that job. If he doesn't want, like yeah. he could just get out and say like, you know what? Like mm -hmm. I, it, no offense, but if we're not going to play by the rules then, or we're not going to like, if you're not going to give an inch to work with me, then I'll just yeah. get out. Is he at yeah, retirement? I'm a shame for the Navy. That doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah so, that, I mean, so in, in the topic of the other, in the topic of the other part though, like as far as, you know, somebody making senior chief and then getting pushed to like, grab quals or whatever like that right i mean what's your thoughts on just the future of technical expertise because i got like my own opinion of it and it's my opinion and it got to do with like uh, my observations being surface and mm -hmm. it's like it's no real sellers picking up like tech manuals really unless they trying to like study for an advancement exam or something so that might be like two months of that but then yeah. it's over like so you know when i when, when i joined we were still being taught like a on your free time, grab a tech manual. Yeah. And some of us were doing it. Some of us wasn't. But I don't even think like after like 2010 or 2011, like I don't yeah, think that's yeah. even a thing anymore. You know what it's, I'm saying? Now, I don't know how it yeah. is on y'all side of the house. But it's I can't, part of in 10 years, DNA, I don't dude. see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably still. But on surface in 10 yeah. years, I, I honestly can't say engineering, surface engineer. I can't say I could see a technical expert. Like, yeah, I don't know what that would look like. On submarines, it's still part of our DNA, even on like that's the. Good the BN side of the house, which I thought would be, I thought it would be less so. And I, it wasn't it, like, I was equally impressed with the people on my last submarine. Um, the level I would of just expertise say that that's a mix. What do you mean? Like it's hit or miss? Like, uh, well, there's parts of it because it's built into us because when you're gone, you're gone. Right. Like I can't yeah. have anybody fly me any parts and or like doing tiger that, right? without something. Yeah. Yeah, without like canceling a mission or whatever the case is to pull in somewhere like yeah. what I got is what I got. So people will have that technical expertise because the, out of necessity, mm -hmm. but there's so much of our job that we don't do anymore. Like being at the schoolhouse, there's so many schools that keep getting canceled because 
we don't do that job anymore. We don't do that work. Like, yeah. you know, the lowest replaceable unit is now the entire computer. So I don't care if you know how to troubleshoot this circuit. You just need to tell me that computer's bad. And then you put in a job for a new computer and you don't there. That's like kind of the end of the road, the way the tech manual's written. And so huh. there is some sort of like kind of pride in wanting to keep the mission going or kind of right. whatever the case is, right. Yeah. That people do have that, but there is still a lot of it where it's, it's almost taken away from us. And it's like, Oh, well you can't open that up because that's under contract and yeah. you have to ship that out. And you're like, well, okay, I guess we'll pull in to mail this thing off instead of letting me fix it. Right. I've heard yeah. that. I don't and know. I, it's crazy. I hate it that that's real. Like, cause that's how it, it's, it seems like it's going like that way with everything. Cause even on like, I talk about on the cook side, it's like they don't want to let us actually cook food. They just want to like, instead of investing in training and, and education and like making these people actually like know how to do their job the way that like a civilian does where I could just put food in front of them mm-hmm. and they can, they can make something. They're trying to structure it in a way where like you have the lowest skill level possible so they don't have to put money into training. Yeah. And it's just like, almost like a criminal by actually fixing it. Just plug the square packet in the square hole and shut up. Like, and then you're just an operator and less of a technician. And it's just like, it's idiotic to me. Like I, I, it's you're, you're willingly compromising like mission effectiveness by putting a unit out there to go do a job. And then we like, we've, we've talked about at the high strategic level, like how you need to have this ability to like fight, fight uh, hurt where they talk about like toughness for like at, at the unit level when you're out there doing something like when you start getting shot at stuff's going to blow up stuff's going to break things are going to go horribly wrong and it's like we need people that know how to fix the problem i can't pull in and have nav c come down and fix the problem so it's like i need to be able to to do the things that are necessary to fight the ship while we're in the midst of a fight where like i might be completely cut off from all shore side support and it's like even on the food side i get all like wound up about how I should be able to go anywhere and just get food from anywhere. It doesn't even matter what it is. And then the people that I have on board, if properly trained, can just make food for the crew and we can sustain the mission and, and have the endurance to go do what we have to do. If they were properly trained, I could do that, but they're not unless somebody like, and I'm, I'm a unicorn because most people that I have like fancy culinary degrees and the kind of experience I do are enlisted aides. Like they're not in the, they're not on submarines mm-hmm. and they're not on ships. Yep. Like there, there's some out there, but they're pretty rare. Um, so the chiefs that are in charge of these divisions, like on most of the warships don't know how to do any of this stuff. Like if you sent them a bunch of weird food from Japan, they wouldn't know what to do with it. They wouldn't even know what half of it was. And it's like, or like if you pulled into somebody somewhere really obscure and they just sent you like, all this weird meat that you've never had before, never seen and like fruits that you can't even like, I don't even know how to fabricate this or what part of it's edible. They got like weird whatever. animals or what? Like, huh? No, I'm just talking about like there's areas <laughs> of the world where they're eating a lot of seafood you've never seen before, or they're eating like game oh, animals that you're not used to seeing or, or messing with. And it's like, if I, I like just go back to normal stuff. If I put a whole chicken with bones in it in front of most, like 90% of CS is in the fleet. They wouldn't know what to do with it. They would not know how to break it down and take all of the usable meat off of it and then use those bones for something like they just don't teach it. And that's like culinary school. Like that's like the first day, like that's culinary school 101. But like they don't know any of these things. You're not taught. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's always an event when a senior chief, you know, is in the galley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always an event when the senior chief is helping to cook. When they see me in the galley, like getting dirty, they're like, oh, I'm staying up for dinner, like or whatever. And it's just like my cooks were well trained, but it's like 
less so. So like on the first Chiefs tour, I, I wasn't in control staying and watch as much. So like almost at all when I was a chief. And so like I was in the galley training my guys constantly. And those were some bad dudes. They could cook their butts off. But then when I, on the, on the next boat, it's like, I'm like Damo was saying, I almost messed with him. Damo was saying so, like, as I was a senior chief then, so then I'm a department chief and they want me in control, stand and dive. And then they want me to like run drills and stand in for the cob. Yeah, and so now you're not there. So now I'm not around yeah. almost ever. Yeah. And so my, like my guys were good, but they weren't even close to as good as the guys right. with Carter. And not and because they, they couldn't chiefs. be. Yeah. Not because they yeah. couldn't be because they were monsters. Like they were, they worked so hard and like did everything that, that they had the capacity to do. And it killed me. And like on my way out the door, when I transferred, I like apologized to all of them. I'm like, I wish I was around more. Like you got like a, yeah. like a 40% product because I was busy doing everything but my job. I had a second class that God bless his heart. He was on, it was his first submarine, but he joined the Navy kind of late. And so he was you know more mature, could handle more things. Um, and I mean, that guy was like the, he was doing my job. Like he really was like, he was my LPO, but he was really the leading CS. Like he was, he was doing mm-hmm. my job while I was standing, diving off the watch and like battle stations drill crap and all this like you know writing dive exams and monitoring pd trips and all this crap i shouldn't be doing like or it's like i should be doing like maybe one. it was ridiculous <laughs> it's a dude lot it was of requirements man. ridiculous <laughs> i was doing everything except my job yeah. and it was so bad they saw me maybe 30 minutes to an hour a day it was it was gross and i felt really crappy about it and i i mean i had arguments with the chain of command about like, I need, can I get off the watchable for like a week? I just want to catch up on admin and do some training. Like just give me a break so that my division can have their chief for five minutes. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like yeah, a big we, ask, yeah, yeah. but they act like it is. Yeah. So we used to pitch for like maintenance days. Like, Hey, can we have a maintenance day? It's like hey, we could give you a four hour slot in a day that y'all could take care of maintenance and do maintenance. We outside of that, yeah. we got meetings, <laughs> we yep. got drills, we got yep. it's things. There's a whole bunch do. of submariners <laughs> nodding their head right now, like slamming their fists on the table. Same thing. Yeah, like, like we used to beg for it. Yeah, like, I need one. Like, my guys need one day to do make to do PMS. We, like to, to do PMS. And you're you're begging to do like a thing that it's like I I'm trying to do preventative maintenance on your warship. So in the event you know you have to use it for some shit, that it's yeah. capable of doing that. Like, and I'm begging the chain of command to let me do that. That's insane. Yeah. And then God forbid, you know, (laughs) end of the week, if it's not done, you say operational commitments. Why is everything red? Like, (laughs) yeah, operational commitments to get you scorched. (laughs) Uh, And then why are you falling asleep on watch? Are these all like active duty complaints? Like, do you have. Yeah, Christine's over here rolling her eyes. (laughs) I'm just like. I'm just curious. Like, I. You know Do you what? see the same thing? Um, you know what? Again, we don't really get the chance to be technical or do anything. So, like, really, our drill weekends, and I'm listening to you guys, and I'm like, you know, the reserves. So, we got, obviously, every rate, right? You do this all 90%, the time? 90% <laughs> don't do their job. 90%. Right. We have, we're not doing our job, and we're supposed yeah. to be, you know, readily available for, you know, if, if crap hits the fan. Right. You know, we're supposed to be readily available to fill in spots throughout the entire fleet. Right. So if something right. happened, mm-hmm. they're expecting yeah. me to go do a QMC right. job. And I have a lot of QMC friends and yeah. and I'm on this uh, Facebook page for, for like QMs in general and then senior mm-hmm. QMs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I watch the conversation happening and I'm just like, 
I have no idea what they're talking about right now. <laughs> I even have yeah. I have somebody that um, I met on TikTok. Yeah. And uh, she was going to go in as an OS. And then after, yeah. you know, talking to her, now she went in as a QM and she's in QMA school right now as we speak. And she's mm. asking me like questions about QM <laughs> life QM and QM stuff. <laughs> and I'm just like, let me get back to you. And then I reach out yeah. to like my QMCs that, I, that I'm yeah. friends with. And I'm like, hey, what is this person asking me? You know, like yeah. I have no idea at all. So it, it's just, it's super yeah. sucky. And I'm, and I'm listening to you guys. And I'm like, man, I want to be a technical expert and being a QM. Like the only, and just like you guys said, the only reason I even probably passed my test was I pulled out, I pulled out those but, manuals yeah. and I started studying yeah, and, yeah, sure. you know, for QM1 and QMC. Um, and it's just, it's very unfortunate. Like I have so many sailors that, you know, after their advancement exam, I'm like, Hey, how'd you guys do? And they're like, chief, um, you know, I don't do my job, so I have no idea what it just yeah. asked. I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm an ET, and it's asking me shipboard ET questions on my test yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I'm, you know, and I and I feel horrible. And then you look at like right now, I'm at an NSF community, a QM. I'm the operations chief for a security. Yeah. Know, for all in, for MAs, right? Yeah. And um, I'm a cop back home, so I have some experience, but I'm a QM running all these um, security functions. And a fraction of my sailors are uh, not MAs mm. and, you know, just talking to them. I have a few QMs here. I have some MRs and MMs and I'm talking to them. I'm like, what was the last time you guys did your job? They're like, A school. Like, yeah. That was That's it. crazy. You know, how long have you been I in the Navy? I've been in the Navy for 12 years and I'm, and I've never, never done anything That's IT crazy. related. Never done anything ET related. And these guys are going to be chiefs one day, right? Master chiefs and expected to perform. Cool as such and be technical as yeah. I get asked QM questions all the time and I'm just like I I don't know Seven. But not I only know. that like like there's Seven, so there's that is the answer no, yeah banana that's my answer to stuff I <laughs> saw so the 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 thing that strikes me too is so like we're you know like we're in the midst of this like is Russia going to invade Ukraine stuff and it's like and the meme is mm -hmm. like World War 3 is going to start and people are joking about like inactive ready reserve and stuff getting called up but like so in the event there's war in Europe Right. Like and we're recalling people and we do have to pe put people like you in a QMC job on a warship to go do QMC things. It's like what? Like, how have we gotten like, is it just laziness because it's been peaceful for so long and we haven't had to call preservers for so long in th mm -hmm. on that scale that they're just pressing the easy button and putting you in these other like oh i have this gap oh i'll just call some reserves over here and put them in the thing and maybe like it's fine right but because like if the whole design same same concept is like the warship like the the whole reason it exists like the only purpose that thing has is to kill people and break their stuff so it's like for you guys, if I need to plug you into a role so that they can go do that, I'm compromising the mission effectiveness of that unit by not making sure that you know all the things for QM's stuff and and everybody else for all the other all the other specialties. And so it's like that's the whole point of the reserves. Unless I'm missing something, right. is that like yep. large scale conflict? I can call up all these reserves, and the theoretically you've been training this whole time, and you're ready to go plug those gaps. Right. And so it's insane to me that you're saying that. It's like is there like opportunities like you said like the zip uh what's it called zip something zip serve zip recruiter uh, yeah so like zip yeah zip shut up Bob. <laughs> zip serve so is there something like that for like training opportunities or schools or or 
some kind so of function that's so to like get people reps. So crazy you say schools because the other thing <laughs> about reservists and I don't think any people people realize this is like so mm. I was at a Mesoron community for 10 years. So as a reservist, you can stay in a community, one community, your entire 20 year service, if that's what okay. you, know, you want to do. Um, and you can stay at a it's called a Naval Operations Support Center. So a NOSC, you can stay yeah, there NOSC, for your yeah. entire career, too, where you just, wow. you know, go do your GMTs on a drill weekend and then you go home. I'm not trying to talk crap about NOSCs, but that's what that's what 90% of them do. If you're if you're stationed there, you just go, you do your yeah. your GMTs, you go home. I have sailors that end up cross rating, and they cross rate to rates that require obviously an A school or a C school, mm. and the reserves will not send them because of funding. So, and like I have a I have a, a YN right. Um, he cross rated. From an AC to an YN, and he's a YN three, and on yeah. his eval for the past couple years in his block forty one, it's YN A school. Like, and we've been trying to push him to a YN A school, and what's going yeah. on? Uh, he can't go because the Navy's not going to fund him for it. It's not funding. That's for a, it. Why and they let him convert? Like, it's because they had an opening because AC yeah. was so overmanned, right? So, so it's. <laughs> It's it's sad. Um, yeah, I I can totally see if anything really bad happened. If they if they called me back to a warship and said, "Hey, it's time to go to war," I'd be like, "Great, I can definitely do evals and yeah. board board packages." <laughs> you know, let me get some SOQs. And I mean, I could be a chief. That's that's not a problem. Mm. Obviously, like I just yeah. said, I'm in a I'm in a security yeah. unit right now. I got 84, 84 sailors that that I manage, but um, and supervise, but uh. I'm getting it done. But if I went to a warship, I would be terrified. I've, I've honestly yeah. thought about it too. Like, yeah. And it, but I'm humble enough to go up to QM3 and say, Hey, QM3, right. teach me, teach me how teach to plot me. on this yeah. new, on this new uh, system that yeah, we have here. Yeah. Cause when I was in back in my day, you know, yeah. um, so, but, and I'm humble enough to do that, but it's, it's embarrassing because QMC, yeah. you're going to be, you know, Hey chief, right. how do I do this? And it's like, oh. I, I have no idea. <laughs> And there's yeah. no chief, there's no school for QMCs. Like, hey, can I right. get some training on all these things? It's, it's the opportunity yeah. for us is so small, you know. Yeah. Um, and in, I feel like they do a big disservice for the reservists. I really do. Um, most of like them I'm just sit, sit at an OSC. Yeah. I'm more impressed with how reservists, like, how you guys stick it out as long as you do and, like, get to the level that you do as a reservist when – like, I just, I don't know. I have a couple of friends that reservists. Like when the Mikpon was talking to us, he was explaining like, it's apparently it's a standard thing when you guys are getting deployed, they'll say, Hey, keep four months of your pay in your savings account. Cause it might take, it's like not uncommon to go four months without getting paid. That's wild. And, 100%. and it's like hearing, right. And hearing all that. Right. And then like just the, the woes of you not being able to do your job, but still, being expected to do your job right because it's the navy like how that just seems crazy like it's it's hard enough to keep up with everything the navy wants you to do doing yeah. it every day that when you can mm. only do it sometimes right like how i'm just like the more i meet like senior reservists i'm like man like you're a champ for just putting up with this like you've you right. found a way to navigate this to middle earth 
Yeah, um, the pay thing is big. So I, I mobilized back in 2018 uh, through 19 to Djibouti with with a Mezron 11. And um, about 40% of my sailors pay accounts, they didn't open. So switching, you would think it'd be easy, right? Hey, reserve, active duty, push a button. Boom, you know, you would think it's not like that. For some reason, pay accounts take forever to open. It's a whole transfer thing, whatever. I'm not a PS. I can't tell you what it is, right? Um, But what I can say is that I have sailors that are, hey, chief, I can't pay my, I'm sorry, my my rent. I can't pay my (laughs) bills. And I'm I'm deployed overseas. My wife is giving me, you know, my wife's at home with our three kids. You know, she doesn't work because I'm I'm the person who works back home. And then now I got mobilized and now I'm not getting money. I yeah. have a, I have sailors here who, who who haven't gotten paid yet. No fault on any anybody except for PSD. Turn on yeah. their account. He did say that that was like a huge concern of his and that he was like, he said that he had no idea about those woes until he got to that position. And then as he yep. heard it, it was like, this is absurd. And yeah. then he had the same kind of mindset of like, man, I feel terrible for them. And so I, it was yeah. on his hot list of I things wonder, to fix but who knows yeah. now with this article I'm yeah sure i wonder when pulling <laughs> when pulling the thread yeah. i wonder like what because like you're like oh yeah it's psd's fault well psd and like no offense to all my admin people out there but like that's what i hear every time there's some it's like psd sucks psd it's like well why does psd suck they've been closing PSD for a decade like i've been told they're going to close psd permanently like hard, probably longer than that probably like 16, 17 years I've been being told that all the physical locations are going to close and it's all going to be like on the interwebs or something. And it's like, how many are there though now? I don't know. Like, there but can't be more than a couple. Seven. There's, <laughs> there's one in where I'm at and there's uh, like, I don't, I think there's still one in Pearl. I, I mean, I don't know. There's probably got to be like half. Ours is in Virginia. Really? Yeah. It, well, and that, so but that also means handling by, because it's Virginia. in Virginia is probably partially why you guys have issues but like i don't know like and i I don't know the scale or whatever but like what why does psd have issues and why you know what i mean like because i was talking to my uh my yeoman senior chief the other day about i was doing like that red da crap you go into incepts and you like i had to update because they mm-hmm. i when i got married i put all the things in and i was getting dependent bah and then apparently it just like decided it didn't want to do it anymore so for like almost two years I've been getting single BH and I didn't notice I'm not a paycheck to paycheck guy. And like I saw it switch over and I didn't see a big difference because my pay fluctuates. Cause when I go out on boats, I get like op sub pay and then it goes away for a while and it comes back. So I, it always kind of goes up and down. And so I didn't notice the difference. And I went in there for something recently where I had to like provide some information to somebody and it, uh, I was calculating like my pay and I was like, well, my BH is going to change when I get paid for E9. So then I went to the calculator and I went down on the bottom of my LES to look at the zip code. And then I'm like, it said single without dependence. I'm like, what the hell? So I go to him and whatever. So we're working through doing this. And so the second class gives me all this, like walks me through what I need to do. Like I need to scan this crap in and go through these screens on incepts and sign digitally sign some stuff and then submit it. And so I did it and then, but then it like, wouldn't let me do certain things. Like it wouldn't let me digitally sign these documents. Cause I like downloaded them, digitally signed them, tried to upload them, it kept erroring. And then like, it, I, you have to only use this browser and you have to like 
burn some sage, do a little dance, like, do it, and then it'll maybe work. And so then I'm like, I just, I couldn't get it to work. So then finally I called the senior chief. And I was like, Hey man, like, what I, what do I do here? I like, do I have to go to PSD and like shake a tree? Like, what do I need to do? And he's like, just come in, dude. He's like, it's, it, it really is like, it's like Indiana Jones going through the cave and you can only step on certain tiles. And it's like my, the senior chief knows what tiles to step on and the second class didn't. So he sat me down and he walked me through it and did it, basically did it for me. And it, it worked perfectly. And he's like, but, and he he was sitting there expressing his frustration. He's like, I'm about to just make it policy that anytime you guys need to do stuff like this, my guys are just going to do it for you because you guys don't know what to do. And it's like, they didn't design mm-hmm. a program that is user friendly. So it's like you go in there and if you don't know all the tricks and like where you're supposed to step and what you're supposed to do, you're never going to get the stuff done. And then everybody's hammering on you because you're not doing it and your pay is screwed up. And like, luckily for me, my pay be, and I mean, this is like six grand that I'm owed. And it's like, but for me, it's like, it's not a big deal. Like I'm fine. I'll, bills are getting paid, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, like I'm going to be happy to see that six grand, but like it was like four savings by accident. So I'm like, ah, oh, sweet six grand. I can pay like my car off. Um, but for somebody else, that would be a huge deal. Like you could lose your house or lose your car or whatever, not be able to pay the bills, not be able to buy food. And then how many sailors aren't telling their leadership that and all. And so like that, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so, so we dealt with that. We dealt with that where I am. Um, but I mean, one of the reasons was just under like not enough personnel. So yeah, we had like a CPPA, right. We had like a CPPA right, right. at my command that, that yeah, would that reach out to, class. you know, yeah. Yeah, and it was a second class, just one yeah, that was the guy helping for me. like uh, the whole district, the whole NDW, right? The whole Naval District, Washington, just just one guy right. at like some point in time. So it's other people around, but really it's just this one CPPA. Right. So, you know, you get like somebody like, hey, this happened or this happened. It's no way this one Y and two mm-hmm. could like take care of an entire region. And that's right. all the reservists. That's all the chaplains. That's like. You know, that's every single yeah, person, that's you know, uh, whether they go on a hotels, whether they right. mobilize them, whether we are mobilizing like reservists for like a funeral or inauguration or anything. You got this one Y and two <laughs> that's like doing this thing. So this yeah. so this kid is like working to like, you know, um, this guy's like working every day to like 1900. Yeah, I was about to say you'd have like to have on shore duty and work till 2000 every night to like make a dent. On, yeah, on shore duty, and then like as a leader, you like trying to get them to go home, go home but it's yeah. like, hey, if I go home, it's not gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's not gonna get paid so if like, I go home. Yeah. Like, I didn't, like no. no. Yeah. So the, I mean, it, so at one point, that's how it was. It's like, so I, I'm brutal. sure it's like that everywhere else. Like, just right. under man. Like, that's what I was thinking because every Christina, function have you ever that had to deal with that, huh? Of just uh, straight like creditors. Have you ever had to deal with that with like creditors coming after your sailors type deal or like? People being like, hey, I guess I'm mobilizing, but my family's now homeless for the next several months. Or like, how does what is there like a letter that you give that says, like, I pinky promise they're serving the country. They'll get paid eventually. Like, Um, I wouldn't even know what to do with that. So there's a couple of things that we get to utilize um, that. So like we get mobilized. I think I don't know if this happens for you guys, like our interest on credit cards we can get rid of. And and um it's nothing really special for reservists, I guess, but you know, like we reach out, we, we reach, we send, we send letters, you know, from the commanding officer saying, Hey, this is what's going on. Like for instance, our per diem out here is, is, um, I have a $6,200 bill a month, like month bill on my, on my room, like a month and my credit or my GTCC 
limit is 1500 Well, my travel claim hasn't been paid in two months, so I'm already at my limit. And I'm supposed to check out in 10 days, too, because I'm going to come home. So, um, you know, that's calling my NOSC, and I'm like, hey, can you guys put me in mission critical, meaning that I don't accumulate fees. I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, I can go past the 30 days because I have to pay my GTCC off every 30 days. Mm, and then once I right. hit the 60 days of not paying it, it starts messing up my credit. They shut it off. Yeah. Yeah, it starts messing that's up my crazy. credit. That shouldn't and, even be pot. Like, you, why um, wouldn't you be mission critical going in? Because they're deploying you. Because so, just turn it well, on at the beginning. Cr- cr- crazy thing is, so now <laughs> I'm, I'm, I called my, I emailed my NOSC, and I'm like, hey, I need you guys to increase my limit and turn me to mission critical. And they're like, well, now there's somebody else in charge of our, uh, you know, a new APC. And they're like, well, due to this states that we can't turn you into mission critical because you have access to DTS. And I'm like, well, we don't even use DTS. We're still doing paper travel claims over here. So oh, gross. Um, I need you to put me in mission critical. And they're like, no, I can't. And I'm just like, okay, well, I haven't gotten, you know, and this isn't just me. It's so imagine me, I'm a chief. So I make a little bit money than my E5. That's, yeah. you know, having the same thing. Their command right. won't raise their limit. They got a $4,000 limit because whatever reason. And it's, it's horrible. And yeah. So then we have people getting chased after creditors. Hey, I can't pay my rent. So we got to call fleet. You know, we got to give them all the different resources that we can and have them reach out. Um, I'm just imagining trying to call up a bank who's like, Hey, you're, you know, three months late on your car payment. We're going to repo your car. And you're like, listen, I know you can look this up. I know you see it. I promise I'm in the Navy. I'm deployed. I'm in another country right now. (laughs) Yeah. I promise you. And it's like, but the I government hasn't paid me. And just being a man. civilian in some way, right? Um, who's just trying to imagine the government not paying. Like, I never read that, that you don't get paid when you're employed. Right. That, that sounds fake. You would be, yeah. cr- you would be, you would be very surprised about how many um, sailors are reaching out to like, you know, their senators oh, and their, yeah. you know, I'm state senators surprised. with these issues. About, I'm not surprised with these at all. Issues. Good. I'm raising the black flag and like just going postal inside of, of whatever building those people like if you if you called like so like say i'm your cmc right like if you called me from a deployment and said hey i called these people they said i'm not mission critical and they won't raise my limit or whatever and uh I like it's gonna start paid. to mess with my credit like i'm kicking their door off the hinges and losing my mind i'm like show me in a book and then i'm gonna beat you over the head mm-hmm. with that book like metaphorically like I just that I'm burning everybody's world to the ground. That's so stupid that that's even possible. It's like you're like use your brain, like, like engage your brain maybe, to decide. Maybe that's all what these sailors out here that are entitled to this money that can't pay their bills because you dummies don't want to raise their limit for some technicality in the book. Like I'm gonna burn your whole world. Yeah. Maybe that's what where's happened the, with where's Russ. The Navy Times, where's the Navy Times for this for, stuff? For real. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened with Russ. It's not salacious enough. <laughs> for real. It's yeah, pretty he said the same thing. No. They don't care about it. Um, it's, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel bad. I, I feel bad, like, having to... Um, and then, you know, you have reservists that make... I mean, some of them are... I know it's going to sound crazy, right? But I have, an e, I have E5s that are, like, CEOs of things back home. And, yeah. and managers yeah. and... And sergeants, mm-hmm. lieutenants, and departments, so they're making so much more money. Yeah, um, to not be here. And then coming over here and then not getting paid for four months. And then yeah, they're yeah. like, uh, or, you know. Why is our retention so bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting out after this deployment. That's all I hear. I'm getting out after yeah. this chief. I'm like, this like, is, damn, yeah. the I don't blame him. I like, like, you can't even blame him. I don't blame him. I had a buddy. Uh, he's still local. Um, he's a LS senior chief. He separated. So he made senior chief and then separated probably six, eight months later at like 14, 16 years, something like that. Cause he was just like, I'd have to go back to another submarine and I can't dude. He's like, I just can't. And he was also one of those guys that like planned his life really soundly, like financially, like he was re- re- investing in real estate from a young age and like just debt free did just really, really smart planning. So he was ready to do it. And then, you know, he got out, got a job doing basically the same thing as a civilian. Um, but yeah, he like same active duty senior chief on a submarine and he just put on senior chief and he's like, I'd have to go back to a submarine and do the same job as an LS chief. He's like, I just, dude, I can't. And I'm like, I like at first I was like, you're insane. And I'm like trying to explain to him. And he's like, dude, I've already done all this math. He's like, I'm with you. I understand. And he, and he said he was going to do reserves for the last like four years or whatever, which jokes on him mm-hmm. apparently. Um, but like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, cause he's like, yeah, I'll get my, then I'll get my pension at whatever age and blah, blah, blah. But he's like, I just can't go back to another submarine. So it's not, it's not like that part of the experience isn't unique to either side, but it's just like, ah, that sounds terrible. That sounds like the, the problems, like what well, I guess you wouldn't, unless you're deployed, obviously you wouldn't have to like deal with them as often because you're not in the Navy all the time. But like. That sounds like that would, yeah, it would take like one deployment and I'd be like, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm never doing yep. this again. Like it's insane. It's such a, that is such a like acute illustration of leadership, not caring enough. You know what I mean? Like where like those people at the lower levels and especially like people that are that smart and like make that much money when they're at home and just wanted to do something and like serve their country or whatever. And it's like, they're like, this is how you treat your people. Like, bye like i'm not doing this anymore and it's like i just it's there's so many there's so many examples of us shooting ourselves in the foot that like that that above everything else that drives me nuts is like the thing that confuses me the most is like how like i know there's a ton of intelligent people at like in the nosebleed seats like the i know the cno is not an idiot I know all these like four stars aren't stupid people. And I know like on the flag, like the, the Mick Pond's leadership mess isn't stupid, but it's like, we still like, we still continue to find ourselves in these positions where you can really simply illustrate that we're handicapping our own mission effectiveness by caring about things that don't really matter. And at the end of the day, like if we get in a shooting war with someone, none of this stuff's going to like, none of the stuff you're acting like it should be the priority actually is the priority. And none of it's stuff that we should care about. And like, if, if we call up all these reservists, like they probably think in their, like they probably, oh, yeah, there'll be a learning curve, but it'll be fine. Like we'll just adapt and overcome like we did during world war two. And it's like, yeah, but you know how many people had to die before we figured that out? Like, you know how bad, like how many ships we lost before the learning curve was over. It's just like, yeah. I, we gonna have to know. do like we did on Battleship, man, on the movie Battleship, man. We gonna ah, have to get the older retired. I don't want retired guys. Yeah, the old retired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah, to start fighting guys, like pirates, man. like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, so it's probably a good thing. I mean, you probably I did yourself dude. a good justice by not watching this movie, but they called up the old, I old dudes, it. man. I believe it. 
I mean, that's 70 like 70 and up. That's probably, <laughs> that probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Stuff would get done. Like, yeah, man. Because I mean, like yeah. I said, we talk about peacetime Navy and like we created, I think we talked about it before when we talked, but it's like we created new battles, man. So, like, mm-hmm. the inspectors, that's our yeah. battle. You know, Training it's like for a inspection. Big, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like a big, you know, before they come on board, when they like outside, you know, I'm on, on a ship, you know, you get like your, your department head like, hey, right down, right on the pier, we got seven inspectors. They want to come in here. They want to tear us a new one. We're going to, it's like, it's like a real yeah. battle, like 300, like yeah. pep talk. But he, so we created our own, you know, we like created yeah. our own wars, you know, because right. we've been at peace so long that we right. forgot and what war like, actually felt the like. squadrons right. and all those same people are like, why didn't you tell us when you had these problems? And it's like, dude, right. two months ago I was at war with you. Why am I yeah. asking yeah. you for help? Yeah. <laughs> well, and like. I, I'm just, it's funny saying that too, because I'm picturing like. The beginning of uh uh what is it hunt for red october right they're all standing yeah. on the pier in the rain while he's oh giving yeah. The, the, yeah, the, yeah the crew their talk right <laughs> and it's like number one no no submarine i would hope is like dumb enough to make the whole crew stand in the rain yeah like that. they would just do it some other way or place but the whole time that's happening like i'm picturing that exact same talk but about yeah. like an orse or a cre yeah like, yeah I, I'm still mad like, they made the cob a giant fat dude. I'm like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> that's not real, really. Accuracy. Not really. Um, what was I going to say? About the, like, administrative stuff where it's, like, it's, like, the bigger picture. Like, when you back up the lens of, like, so, like, why are we training for inspections? It's, like, it's, like, we made all of this administrative burden stuff, like, matter so much and factor into the math of like so like we were talking about the ecp stuff earlier like you can feel the tension around the co during an ors on a submarine not because and and good co's it's both like they understand that it affects their careers a lot but they're more concerned about the crew but like most co's i've been around they this is like the biggest moment career-wise that's going to affect like follow-on jobs and all of those like things that they need mm-hmm. in their fit reps and like little boxes they need to punch to go be like a Commodore and an Admiral or whatever. And so like you can feel that tension while it's happening. And so it's like we're creating these environments where it's like we're working the entire fleet towards the goal of doing well on inspections, which like you could make the case that that training and some of the other stuff leading up to that inspection supports war fighting. And and, like, I wouldn't say they're wrong entirely, but like we could do a better job, I think of like expanding that bandwidth and focusing on war fighting and whatever. But like you, the crew knows that the reason the CO's so fired up about this inspection is because it affects his career. They're not stupid. Like the most junior E3 on the submarine, knows that this like the co really cares about this because it affects his fit rep Mm. so it's like that's the buy-in level you get unless they're a really good co objectively and the crew like loves them for that and follows them no matter what so they want because then you get the like the opposite is like they want to do well so the co does well like you know what i mean they want to take care of their co so but we we've built a system around just box checking like just punching wickets so that you can get to the next promotion and it's like what you see it at a larger scale when it's stuff like that where it's like everything it's all just there's all these metrics by which they measure these people in these like senior triad level leadership positions and that it's like for their career progression like the stuff we were talking about earlier for like the for us it's the same thing for them and it's like so it's it's weird because we've like built the whole thing around that and it's like there's a really cool i started um 
it's a huge book. It's called about face and it's, uh, um, Colonel David Hackworth. He was this Vietnam, uh, CO. I forget the level of like army units confuse me, but, uh, he was like a pretty high level commander in Vietnam. And he talked about how the peacetime army was built around all this, like box checking or ticket punching is what he called it. And it was, it was like in absence of actual conflict and real things to do. That's what you got. You got leaders that were just trying to get promoted. The only reason they wanted to go to Vietnam was to just like sit in the rear while combat happened. So they could like give themselves a bronze star and go home and say they, they like were combat commanders. And so that they could punch that ticket and like keep going up and up and up. And so like the whole army suffered as a result. And he went into a lot of detail in that book about why it's so bad and why it happens in the peacetime army. And then when you go to war, it's like you have to contend with that where like they're trying to like mitigate risk and like make themselves look good and like do things that like the upper chain of command wants to see for promotion without endangering that that can lead to hazarding their people and the mission. And it's just like, that's what it feels like a lot. Like where, what, what, what like are a, we doing? It's like a sprint, man. Yeah. It's like sometimes for, you know, it's for, especially for surface, man, it's like a sprint. It's, it's way too much, way too many things in a day to like mm. be able to get anything done at a hundred percent. So, you know, we might be running like a damage control drill. You get junior sellers, uh, securing fittings that they don't even know what it is like you know do you know what you just secured no yeah. just securing it because it's that's hot water you know this goes here so it's like we don't even really kind right. of like we just doing stuff and that's from yeah. like from what i see sometimes that's from like the lowest level mm-hmm. all the way up to sometimes the highest level like i t- <laughs> i used to have a joke like hey i'm just getting on a conveyor belt like yeah. it's when i wake up <laughs> i'm on a conveyor belt and the pod just drives me through yep. you know my day and that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the scattershot attention on all those things where it's like, like you're because that's how that's what gets driven at those meetings. Like I would sit in these ops briefs and like plan of the week meetings and stuff. Or I think you guys call it like uh, planning boards for training or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. PB for two. Yeah. So it's like the same kind of thing, same concept. You're accomplishing the same thing. So like you sit in those meetings and it's like, they just want to cram as much crap into it as they possibly can because they think volume equals like results or something. So it's like the more drills mm-hmm. we do, the better we're going to be be at the fire drill during the inspection. And it's like, well, that's not true because the crew's not well rested. We're not taking the time to get like really robust training, stopping when somebody makes a mistake and like really addressing that, making sure that they understand what, what they're securing or what they're what they're doing and why. Like on some reads, it's really important that you grab the correct fire hose so that one, you have this, um, the, the length that you need and the extinguishing agent that you need. But then it's like that hose can reach certain areas on the boat. Right. And so that like you need that one. So it's, it's um, like it goes to the primary scene and then you, then you didn't grab the wrong hose that is needed for the secondary scene because you need to cool it because the fire is going to go up and all this crap. And so it's like, there's a lot of training that happens on how to do all those things and why. And it's like, you don't have time to, to go in depth like it's all like you're skimming the surface like like a mile wide and an inch deep yeah yeah so you're yeah. just doing like we're doing all these drills and then we got to do a war day where we're pretending to launch nuclear missiles that we may or may not have on board and then yeah. you gotta like uh we're doing all this other crap like training days and also and they're just trying to cram all this crap in thinking that volume is going to somehow equal results instead of thinking to themselves if i get like re- if i take the time to address quality more than quantity and 
sp- like expand the scope of that quality to like quality of life for these sailors because like we'll be at sea on a ballistic missile submarine who like our, our primary mission is to punch holes in the ocean at like five knots or less just in case world war three happens so like we're probably never going to do our mission for realsies you know like we're just there as a deterrent so our job mm-hmm. is to just exist as a deterrent you like there are sailors on those submarines right now punching holes in the ocean at five knots or less like barely sleeping because they're trying to keep up with that conveyor belt right now and it's like why and i'm not Mm -hmm. saying like why are we taking training and drills seriously because like we should be and and like 100 should have a robust training program but it should be like focused on the depth and quality that's needed for them to do those things correctly and understand why they're doing it and also provide them the rest and like some free time to work out and sleep and not go like completely insane or get a rare form of cancer and hate their life. Like it's, you know, like a thing. And so giving them that time to recoup and like, (laughs) it's never happened. It's never happened forever to anyone that I know. So it like giving them the time to have a quality of life where they don't like, they're not angry at this, like nameless, faceless entity called like they, them or the Navy about the fact that they never get to sleep the fact that they never get to work out that there's like mainlining energy drinks and god knows what else so that they can just stay awake on watch so now they're not focused and they're doing a bad job on watch they're not qualifying the thing that they need to qualify they're not you know like paying attention during training like the nukes that i talked to talking about they go through this training they constantly do all this required training and he goes i don't even take notes anymore i just flip back to the notes from last quarter and it's the exact same information so it's like, well, what are you learning then? And it's like nothing. We're just checking the box. We have to do this training because it's in a book. Yeah. It's, it's like, like well, yep, what are we yeah. doing? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm not saying like you train on a topic and then you got to do refresher training because it's been a while. Like, okay, like I get it, proficiency and stuff. But it's like there's so many smart people that are involved in this enterprise that it, it like it really baffles me as to why a lot of this these issues exist. And I'm about to read a book. I want to show it to you. Cause I got a camera now. Uh, it's called the Peter principle. It's pretty interesting. It's about, uh, it's basically the idea is, uh, it says why things always go wrong. And then it talks about, um, the Peter principles in a hierarchy. Every employee tends to rise to his or her level of incompetence. So it's basically like you just keep getting promoted every, at every level that you're competent until you're not anymore. And that's where you're, you're at and you're stopping at this level where you're and it, you're incompetent. Not like you're you as a person are incompetent, but you're just mm-hmm. not equipped to do that role at the efficacy required for the organization. And so, like, it's it's pretty interesting. And I, like, I've only gotten I'm like in the, at the very beginning, but I'm going to do a bunch of podcasts on it once that's, I get through it. That's the same. That's just a leadership spin on the same. Uh, I forget the rule. I'll Google it really quick. But the the theory that things will like tasks will expand to the time allotted to do yeah. that task. Yeah. Whatever it is. Right. Like I've, there's right. like a, an actual rule that some, you know, somebody way smarter than me made up and named it. But like, yeah, if you give somebody an hour to clean their room, they'll get it done in an hour. But if yeah. you give them three hours, they're going to take three hours to mm-hmm. clean their room. It yeah. doesn't take three hours, but they're going to, whatever the task is, will expand to the allotted time. And it's kind of the same thing with, with that though, of like, you're just, you're going to expand to the leadership ability that like, more or less that the Navy gives you. And then at one point they're going to be like, eh, like they're going to put up with what they can put up with. Cause I'm sure there's plenty of people that you see that are in a position that they potentially shouldn't be right. Or at least not shouldn't be yet. Right. 
but the Navy needed somebody there and they were the person at the right place at the right time. So they're put there and it's like, if we had 40 other options, you're not that option, but they don't. So yeah, their leadership ability expanded to that role at that point, you know, that may be the end of it, but if they stick around long enough and the Navy needs another spot, like then they're Mm going to go, well, they didn't get fired. And like, that's, that's kind of how all of it works. That's that's the same. It kind of falls back into that. Like quals are the, the mother or the, what is it? Manning or whatever is the, the mother of all necessity for quals. Like, yeah. Or necessity is uh, some, some necessity banning. I typed it out yeah, earlier. It. it made it's sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Close. Yeah. yeah. Need so, drives quals. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a confession. I got a confession. I, I actually, yeah. I was a part of that part of the system at, at some point. So, you know, one of my I sellers, think most people were, yeah, we, you know, we had two sellers in a duty section. You got to be a, like in order to, you know, um, stand watching a duty as an electrician, you got to mm-hmm. be duty electrician. You could solely stand watch in your duty section without anybody else. But we had an emergency. So I had two, one of my sellers was getting trained by another one to be the duty electrician. But the one who was doing the training had like an emergency, like where he couldn't be at work uh, during duty days. Right. Um, something that had to do with family, but it's like, in order for him not to come in on his duty Saturday, we need this other seller to be qualified. Yeah. That's the only way. <laughs> so it was like, all right, we got to expedite, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I got the seller like, Hey, you know, chief, like you always teach us like to do everything, like take our time, mm-hmm. do everything. Like we have to expedite your training. All right. And then I'm like, all right, truthfully, most of this stuff you're going to learn in the go. Like I did, like everybody else did. Like, so, you know, I got caught up in that same, but yeah, in yeah. saying that it's like mostly every qual that we've gotten, you know, so now it's like, now I'm breaking the eggshell to her. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you in the Navy, mostly every qual you get, you're going to learn it after you qualify. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's sad, but I, it's no it's, real qual I got yeah. that I didn't learn after I set the seat. Well, like I, yeah, I would sort of agree. Like I felt like I, when I was getting qualified, like I got a baseline level of knowledge and like, I knew just enough to be dangerous, but like sitting in the chair yeah, is when I like figured out how to really practically apply it. And like, and I never felt ready to stay on the watch the first, like it took like three weeks before I was like comfortable ish. And you also, and you also knew enough to do what, like pass a board. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That probably right. not going to have anything to do with what I you do past my dive. But that board real, difficulty but. depended <laughs> a lot on how bad they needed you. Or right. How bad that's they what I'm saying. Like, I think I thought I was yeah. like, I was positive. I failed my dive board. I had I was like there's this couch in my cob's office in the building where and I'm like I'm like on the couch, like laying down with my face. Man. So I'm like, ah, I would have to do this again. Like, ah, it was so bad. And then they call me back in. It was in the CEO's office where we did the board. They call me back in and they're like, so you pass with lookups. And I legitimately with a shocked look on my face said, are you sure? And they were just like, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, we, cause they, they made the case that I studied so much. They didn't ask me a lot of knowledge questions cause they knew I knew the answer. They asked me a lot of scenarios and like would throw yeah. variables at me to like, well, okay, then what are you going to do? And like, how are you going to adjust? And blah, And I like, I struggled with that because that was and like I, my cob knew I was going to struggle with that. So like it, I felt like a moron for like two hours and then 
uh, when it finished, they explained to me like, like we know, you know, all the book answers. So we wanted to give you a bunch of scenario based stuff. So, but I'm still like, I did not do well though. So like, I feel like I probably should have passed. I wouldn't have passed me. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, like, like Bob just said, I got a qual, I got a LOI standing a watch for like a a watch that I never took a board for. Nice. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I went to take the board. They like, Hey, you know, it's time for the board. I went to take the board. And then like, they asked me like something happened where they asked me like two questions. Yeah. Like, you know, something happened. It was over with. And then I was like, Hey, you, you know, you, you got watch. I'm like, I passed the board. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you good to go. (laughs) Like two weeks later, <laughs> two weeks later, like an emergency happened, and I, I don't know I what to a do, nice yeah. LOI for that. Like, I want to like, yeah, be at the critique, yeah, and just yeah, be it was, like, it was like well, this guy I doesn't didn't... know what he's doing. Yeah, I would. I, that would have been the yeah, first thing out of my yeah. mouth at the critique. I'd be like, well, I didn't pass. I didn't actually do a board, so yeah, maybe you should have done yeah, a better job. Like, I was hush hush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like hush hush. I was like hush hush. I just took the LOI. I was like, yeah, this guy has no idea what to do on the watch. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like I said, I wasn't ready. You say that, man, but you know that they, that if you said that, like, I never even passed a board, the first thing they would do yeah, is spin no, that back on you, that, like, yeah. you took this that's knowing fair. that you shouldn't have been qualified. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's why I no you're not wrong. Like, you stuck. It's like, yeah. I'm stuck. Like, yeah, I was just stuck. You're not like, wrong. Yeah. Chief. Yeah. <laughs> some, in those positions a lot of time that's like the only thing you can do is be like all right man where do i gotta sign yeah I'll go like back on watch because yeah. like, that's like, what i gotta go do like i helped write the loi you know like i helped oh write it and God. i helped like Stop and i helped it. do the investigation Stop on it because it. it's, it's electrical it's electrical system so the guy doing the investigation didn't know, didn't know. what was up he's like hey so it's and at you the end of it, it was still there. no clarity on really exactly what happened, but we knew it had something to do with me. <laughs> so I'm going to slip just, it in there like, he, <laughs> like he just might tell me where to sign so we can yeah, move out. He looked real good and he had a smile on his face <laughs> yeah. while it happened. Yeah, though, yeah, so, you know, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Just tell me yeah, where to sign. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I mean, that was my watch proficiency right there. Right after that, like I was the best, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know. I'm, I know everything and I know what to tell people, you know, not to do for the next. And that's and that's and what I've seen is like that tribal training nowadays is like the dude that messed up. He learned yeah. this. Now he could teach you this and he could teach you this. So now the board is compri- like an oral board for like a watch and CCS is comprised of a bunch of like learning experiences from like the yeah. people that stand in the watches. So yeah. you could get a completely different board from one person if you get it, you know, from a different person. It could be a completely different board i mean now that's it with a board right that's a small sample size because you only have a couple people right but yeah if you think about it that's not that different from the chief season right yeah because that's all you have is a bunch of people giving you life lessons from what they dealt with on how and so that's i mean obviously that's why we push you need to go get a trillion charges and whatever right like if you ever dude who you, you ever met somebody who knows how to spell chief go get a charge from but like it's the same thing there's no there's no like official school that you go to. There's none of that. Right. And I got it. They're working on it, blah, blah, blah. But like, my point is, I don't think anybody expects somebody that like, Hey, we brought up the, the chief, uh, LDC or whatever. I forget what the, what version of it it's going to be called, but like, nobody's going to go, go to that the first time through. And they're like, all right, man, there's no way you're ever going to get fired or get in trouble for being a chief. Right. Like you're still going to screw stuff up. And that's, that's what all that's for though, is they're just teaching you like, Here's how to. Here's how I screwed up, or here's how I saw somebody screw up. <laughs> yep. Don't do these things, right? Like that's the majority of your charges. It's the yeah. same principle. Yeah. So, like, why would you expect a board to qualify something? 
I mean, realistically, I got it. There's like other things that should be going into that. But ultimately, if you already got all those checkouts that are on the qual card, you've theoretically already proven the technical knowledge to that point. So at that point, the board more or less should be just, hey, man, here's some stuff that I saw that's not on that qual card that got somebody fired at some point or got somebody in LOI. Like, here's how to avoid it. Yeah, it go, just get, it for gets for sure. It just gets clunky when you get a different person doing a board for somebody yeah. else. Like, and they like, well, the other dude that called, he did a board with this person, and he got asked this, and I knew all this, yeah. but I don't know what the hell you talking about. So, it's like, <laughs> what's the standard? You know what I'm saying? So that's where yeah. it get kind of clunky at. It's, it's all about how to guy. play the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a lot of games that you know we gotta kind of learn. <laughs> yeah. What a. Uh, so I, I'm going to, cause I'm curious and you might not want to talk about it, but like what, uh, you had a whole bunch, Christina, you had a whole bunch of wild, like we've gone back and forth about all the wild stories you've had with like issues in the SEL role out there. And I'm curious, like at least generally talk about like what you, what you've been doing out there and like how, how it's been going. Cause like, if you don't want to tell specific stories, yeah. because like I know people know, like you know, yeah. You know I mean, I don't want you to put anybody's business out there, but yeah, like well, you've had a lot of challenges. <laughs> well, um, well, out here, they just created an actual SEL billet a few months mm. ago, so now we actually have an, an actual SEL. And before that, um, originally I was slated to come out here as an SEL, and then there was somebody that was definitely heck of more qualified than me he actually yeah. you know, wears a cookie he's a command synergy gotcha. man um so he took he's gonna he was the seo for a few months um obviously i'm not gonna use names but uh we had like change command in may and out mm-hmm. here we have a new oic so we're a task force our task group task force is in bahrain um, where we have um, an 06 here, 06 over there that is over us, and then a um, brand new security officer. And um, again, so we do base operations security for logistical um, uh, missions that, for ships that come in and out of the port out here in the UAE. And well, long story short, uh, had a captain that had never been in a security environment he's mm. been in a couple mesron environments and so he doesn't really have the full understanding of, the, of that mission um relatively new command uh shore battle space it was developed out here in 19 in 2019 so um brand new mission set so nobody really knows what we're supposed to be effing doing and um it's literally like we don't have sops we don't have pprs really built oh, to the actual mission there's a lot of things that we're completely wrong um out here uh prior sel and i cleaned out his office found you know alcohol stuff sailors complaining that you know their pay wasn't done or you know it was horrible horrible command out here horrible mindset um and i was just like what the heck did i get myself into because i volunteered for this the prior captain called (laughs) me and said hey i need a really good chief can you come out? And I said, sure, sir. It's not every day. No six <laughs> calls you and ask you for help. Yeah. So, um, our, and I can't talk too much about it cause it's still being investigated, but, um, and the, he has a open sapper and seven sexual harassment, semio complaints. Yikes. Um, mm. yeah. And, 
I was asked for the sapper piece and I'm just going to be, it, it's a, I was the victim and I don't mind talking about it cause I wasn't, it wasn't rape or anything, but it was other, it was right. other things. And, um, to sit in a vehicle with an 06 and, and him tell you about like, you know, I think you're such a great chief for the 20 minute drive into work. And then him at the end of it say, I would appreciate it if you let me handle this and not report. Mm. That was um, disheartening because I'm a chief. Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to tell my MA3? Right, right. And how's my MA3 going to feel when an 06 is coming down and saying that to you? That's Um, so gross. It was horrible. Um, Since then, uh, the OIC has been relieved. Yeah. A lot of other things. So there was a there was a semi there was you know a semi survey site survey um, where the sailors were, you know, talking um, about just his dictatorship, uh, favoritism, mm. uh, even some racism comments in there, and then um, the was removed from this location uh, just to go to another location where he still has access to a fraction of our of our sailors because they're in Bahrain too we have different detachments that yeah. we have. um you know and it's uh it's and I can't go into too much again because it's still being investigated the investigation's still open but um to sit here and tell your sailors like hey you know the command's gonna support you you can you know do your semio complaint you do what you need to do yeah. we support you the OIC supports you and then um seeing the repercussions of I had all my jobs taken away. Everything. When I reported. Everything was wow. taken away. Um, and uh, not to mention, you know, like, again, the mission out here. Nobody even knows, mm. like, what the heck we're supposed to be doing. There's nothing in writing. And we're trying to build that. At the same time, we have, a, yeah. we have an 06 coming at us. Like, I want the watch bill changed. I think I changed the watch bill, like, six times in two months. So inconsistencies with the sailors right they're like you know working working these hours and it switches and then they're working this many days and then it switches back and forth yeah um them afraid to even like you know come to work because they have to see the seat the oic or something it was it was um it was really really hard and to be the chief and and still come to work every day and say and smile but there was days where man i was crying at my desk and again the the s the the acting scl if it wasn't for him, I probably, I probably would have had to go home for some yeah. mental health issues because it was just, um, so bad, damn, so bad. And guess what? That 06, he's gonna go home and still be a command, a commander, or he's gonna be CO or something. That's you know? that's the part. And like, I, I, uh, you know, I'm slowly like, um, somebody had told me because my love for the Navy because of, you know, where it's gotten me and mm. the, you know, in my personal life and with my career and where I've come from, I have a love for the Navy. Like people almost mm. say like I'm in love with the Navy. Right. And then ever since yeah. this whole issue, I have this, this, yeah. this nasty taste. Like it's like almost like I'm heartbroken. Yeah. But it's not the Navy. That's I've been doing the same thing lately. Right. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, look behind me. Like, like I'm not, I, I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not like the organization isn't a person. And so it's like, it's a, it's a collective group of people, but it's, to me, it's even more than that. Cause it's, there's the history and heritage part too, but it's like, 
I've, I've gotten that way a little bit lately where I've just gotten to this point where it's like, it's been time for me to go home. I just can't yet. Like (laughs) I gotta wait until, uh, in September when my, like the guy that's going to leave me gets here and all that stuff. But, um, like I'm at this point where I don't have any gas left, you know what I mean? And I just like, and I struggle to, um, be as engaged as I was and to like care as much as I did. And especially because a lot of the stuff that's happening is just so absurd. And I just get in that, that mindset of like, like, well, I don't care. Like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? And it's like, it, it's not because I don't want to, it's just like, I've, I've gotten in this weird place where it's like, I can't, I, I tried for so long to fight against that stuff. And like, cause I'm the guy that like, I'd be like standing on that 06's desk and calling people about the seco and doing all this other, freaking out. And then nothing would happen. Like it would, it would be the same thing. And I'd probably like just create a hostile work environment for myself and, and be known as the, the guy that freaks out and doesn't support the chain of command or something. But like, I just, I don't know. I've been in the I've been in the same place a lot for like probably the last six or eight months where I, I I'm like I just I if I could quit this job today I would but then at the same time it still cre- it still presents me opportunities to do cool things and to help people and to um and I'm still like really really happy about a lot of the things that I've gotten to do if not for the Navy I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing literally right now with you guys like I just like. So I try to, I've tried to like reconcile that in my mind. Like, like, am I, am I, am I bitter and like, and angry at the Navy? Like, or am I just like bitter and angry at some of the individual experiences I've had with these people? And I, and I'm like a disappointed in the organization for not taking certain things more seriously, but I also have like seen the potential of the organization and like, and I get to talk to like dope people like you all the time that it's like, it's so I know that cause like you guys are the Navy too. Like I get to talk to you guys about this stuff and like understand that there are people like you. And like the more people I talk to, the more I'm just like, God, there's a ton of awesome people in the, in this like organization, even on Reddit with like, like all the angry junior sailors that mm-hmm. f- like flame everything. Not just, not just me. Like I talk about that's a lot, but like they, they're all over everything. And, um, but a lot of them are just like super amazing people that are really intelligent, have a lot of good things to offer. And so it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Like I try yeah. really hard to like, I, I'm keep telling myself like, it's not the Navy. It's like, it's just like, it's individuals that are like, reflecting negatively on the Navy. And it's like, I'm trying not to let it like taint my, um, like feelings towards it, I guess. But then it's, it's, it, it gets hard sometimes too, though, where it's like, I, at some point I'm just like, good God, like, why haven't we figured this out yet? Like, why, why is it ever even a question of like, in all the scenarios you just described that those people aren't going to get anvils dropped on their head? Like you shouldn't even be wearing the uniform like fold the nation's cloth up, hand it back to me and kick rocks. Like I don't, that shouldn't even be a conversation. Like they should get all of their benefits and like responsibilities and privileges and, and ranks and every, just strip all of it. And like, like just take their idea at the gate and kick rocks. Like, and I don't, I, why, like, why isn't that automatic for, and like, I got it. The investigation's still going on. Like, but when it's over, like, is it because I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like, 
like yeah like they when when the thing's adjudicated like yeah they get like a punitive letter of reprimand so like okay you're not gonna get promoted anymore but then you retire with full benefits and whatever or get redistributed and maybe they promote past it anyway i don't, I don't know yeah so yeah. christina i kind of liken that feeling to like finding out that it was bodies buried in fort hood you know where it's like like we expect this place to be the safest place right you know where we could go enlisted you know um soldiers or whatever and then we finding out that our own people are most likely you know committing these crimes right. and burying our own people in this place that's supposed to kind of be like our gated community our like protection you know so like that whole thought that you you know just was thinking it's like damn it's like when that junior seller first see somebody gunned at yeah. <laughs> you know and they you know they went through boot camp and they learned everything was you know all great and all you know and then they see somebody gun deck for the first time it's like damn i'm hurt you know right. and i think that's kind of like also you know comparable to what you're going through now like man i love this place i love it and then this thing yeah. happens and it's like but you know because i felt like that at a time you know and then i realized man we got creeps like for me it's like yo it's creeps everywhere <laughs> like 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 oh, like yeah. you know after we get out of here you know so mm-hmm. if it's creeps everywhere then they join the navy like creeps join the navy creeps join the military um when we get out of here we go to the other place it's gonna be creeps there you know what i'm saying like it's so i mean it's such a hard thought yeah, yeah. I, I read an article the other day um i don't remember what state it was but the judge this guy got charged with sexual assault some some form of sexual assault and the judge literally said, either join the military yeah, or go to jail. I saw, that. I saw that. And I was like. Like, we're not a prison colony, dude. Like. Well, I'm like. I don't want that. Well, well, wait a minute. There's enough sexual assault in the military as it is. So you actually want that's a ins- convicted yeah. offender. To, so that's what you're telling us right now? That you want him to come serve his country and, and, do, and do what? <laughs> so it's. It is. And you know what? You know, you're right. I know it's not the Navy as a, as a whole, but going through this process, this whole sapper process, and then this, even the semios for my, for the, yeah. for my junior sailors, it's, it's so like you just, you re-victimizing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. And then, and then here I am, you know, I'm, I'm having to, I'm sitting here. I haven't heard anything in a couple of weeks and I'm like, okay, well, what's going on now? Like, where's, where's, where are we at now? Like, yeah. I, uh, you know, me having to, you know, tell NCIS like, hey, the hotel, mind you, it wasn't like late at night. We were out drinking and things happened. Mm. It was four o'clock after a freaking work day. And yeah. I'm like, hey, the hotel erased video footage after 30 days. You guys need to go get that footage. Hey, you guys need to go get that footage. Yeah. Hey, you guys need to go get that footage. And then what happened? Oh, it was it got totally erased. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so, I mean, it's not far fetched. You know, I had a seller who had a leader who had an issue with leadership, period, because of an experience. You know what I'm saying? So she had an issue with all, every, all forms about, of leadership. Just like of trust issues with, with leadership class. in general because she had a negative leadership experience or a negative like experience with like sexual harassment or whatever with a leader. Yeah, she had. You know what I'm saying like yeah, okay. she had a sexual yeah. harassment experience with a with a with a first class, and then that created yep. an issue with naval leadership. Mm-hmm. Like nobody could you know get through to her. Yeah, I was that it's not, sailor. I was. Yeah, that it's not exact illogical. Sailor. Yeah, yeah, it's not illogical I was at all. The chief's mess. Oof, mm-hmm. boy. You know, I was mm-hmm. a junior sailor in my first class. You know, 
you know, he was inappropriate. And I got asked, well, what did you do? And I was like, it was right when Don't Ask, Don't Tell got lifted. So I was like, I'm actually a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're they're like, oh. So nothing. You know, and so nothing. And then, you know, and then for the next eight years, I was like, Mm -hmm. F the Chiefs mess. They don't care about nobody but themselves. Like, and then when I even got selected, I even was like, do I really want this? Like, do I want right. to be part of those people? You know, I love and that. And then you're realizing the that it now wasn't that everybody has a, that has an anchor tattooed on your wrist and does like, <laughs> yeah. I, like the, that when you, know you first, it, the season actually changed me. The season yeah, changed me that's... a lot. Like my viewpoints, my yeah. viewpoints and, and everything the... like, and I love being a chief and not because yeah. like, Oh, you know, fucking get to drink my coffee and do whatever. No, yeah, I yeah. love being a chief because I'm, I am that person that stands up, like you said, on yeah. the desk and says, this yeah. is wrong. Right. You know, and yeah, yeah I guess that's what, uh, crapped that's on what I was going to say though, when you were talking about the, how long, like, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since you've heard anything about it and you're just kind of like, Hey, what's going on here? Right. It's super easy to think back or imagine if that same thing happened to a, anybody below you or just realistically any normal human being who doesn't have faith in the system to be like, oh, they're just covering something up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, of course it's, they're not saying anything because they just swept it under the rug. Right. Cause that's what they yeah. do. And like, and maybe, I, I don't know, like maybe that's true in some situations, but I know that it is true in some situations that I won't go into at all, but or at least in a situation, but generally speaking, I would like to think that that's probably not the, the case, yeah. like broadly speaking, but it's super easy to sit there and be like, well, of course they're just making sure that CMC or they're just making sure that the CO doesn't look bad and they got to find a way to transfer them early. And because of some magical other made up reason. And mm-hmm. and it's like, it, it, that might not be it at all, but the lack of transparency. And then the fact that those situations have happened where yeah. things have been covered up and things have been swept under. It's super easy to lose faith in that system mm-hmm. when you don't see the like overt transparency of like, hey, tomorrow I'm calling this person. The yeah. reason we haven't got the footage from the hotel right. yet is because of this. But we've worked with these people and they know not to delete it and or whatever the case. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because if you were, you know, in your situation, I don't know that I would want to be. Um, I've never been in that situation, so it's this is all super hypothetical and if any of it comes off as like super ignorant, offensive, I, I don't mean it to be, but I don't know that I would want to know the day to day minute by minute of that process. If that's what they were doing, like maybe you do, and maybe that would help. And that gives you the closure. Maybe you you don't want to know like, okay, they're, they're doing this now and maybe they're doing this now. Cause maybe that just keeps it dragging on. Like I, I have no idea, but no, I, I understand. It's not even that. Um, I want to know like, Hey, every little step it's don't tell me you guys are going to do something. And then it's not. So like, they're like, Oh, we're going to have the results of the board this week. And then I'm like, okay. And then it's been now two weeks. And I'm like, okay, you told me Mm. two weeks ago, like we were going to have the results of what's going on and now we don't have it, you know, or like, Hey, we're waiting for this or Hey, we're waiting for that. And it's like, just you know, even in the beginning, even in, even in the beginning when I was like, Hey, talking to my, uh, my VLC, my victim uh, legal counsel, I was like, Hey, did they get the footage? And she was like, NCIS, this has been the worst communication. They haven't contacted me in weeks. Like, and I keep trying to get mm-hmm. an update. And to hear that, you're like, mm-hmm. 
cool. Like, Nothing's <laughs> happening. It's your only job. Then what's going on? You know, yeah. like what is going on? I understand there's a lot of things. I mean, we're in the Middle East. I, I get it. You're one guy. But you know what? I The first day we spoke, the day, two, three days after it happened, what did I tell you? Hey, the, the video footage, because I know the hotel manager. I'm like, hey, the the footage races in 30 days. So you have 30 days to get it. And we're in the UAE, which is the most police like to get anything is ridiculously hard. So, yeah. you know, maybe start we now, start trying yeah. or start at least start making week. those yeah. connections, you know, and start making those conversations at least. Uh, think, think, honestly, thank God that I did speak to the manager beforehand because she went and watched the video and then at least I have a witness now. Because so you she, have say, I mean, yeah, somebody, perception, but, somebody that saw, but she it, saw yeah. it. Yeah. You know? What's crazy so, is like, I think like transparency would fix a lot of the perception that things are being swept under the rug. Be, like generally, like, so not, not, I don't know that like when somebody gets punished and like they get like, cause I, I talk about this like abstractly a lot where people, uh, junior sailors, especially like they, when they're left in the dark, they fill in the blanks on their own. And so that's why the assumption is all the time that like, if a chief gets in trouble or like a CO gets in trouble, it's going to get swept under the rug. And whenever it does happen, like, and I, I try to tell like, like a lot of times they're getting reprimanded. They're just not doing it publicly because they have this belief that, um, if they do that, it undermines their ability to continue commanding. If it's like a, the type of thing that, you know, they should, which in a, in this type of a case, this dude, I like this dude should get his uniform snatched off his cat car, taken at the gate, kick rocks, like go work at Seven Eleven, figure it out. Um, but in a case where it's like some other kind of like, maybe it's like a travel card thing or whatever. Like, it's just like a thing where they're getting investigated for doing something they shouldn't have done. And it gets a G or they get like a DUI. It doesn't mean they're evil, but like they shouldn't get off with the hook with no punishment either. And so it's like if we're going to tell a, a first class that they're now a second class because what you're in a leadership position and and how dare you get a DUI and then a flag officer does it. It's like, OK, well, this flag officer needs to not be a flag officer anymore. Like it shouldn't just be a letter in their record and then they get to carry on or, or whatever the way in which it's adjudicated is, because like I think if. One, there needs to be transparency so that these people know that accountability happened. But if the accountability isn't even close to on the same scale, because you got to think about mm. the impact losing a Chevron has on a first class, like that's huge. It could result in higher tenuring out of the Navy, delaying advancement right. to chief for like another five, six years. Like it's a huge deal where, I mean, like if a 06 gets a DUI and just gets a letter in their record and then is able to carry on with their career, like, yeah, they might not pick up flag now. Which so that's something, but it's like there's still an 06. Like they there should yeah, be right. more there should be more done there, and then that should be transparent so that sailors understand that accountability is happening. And it's like I think if there was more transparency, there'd be more like equity in the way things are adjudicated because nobody nobody's dumb enough to think that if they had to air that out that they're gonna be like oh yeah these these junior sailors are gonna be totally fine the, with the fact that all this did, guy got was a non punitive letter of reprimand. And then he's able to carry on his career. And then this first class just got an anvil dropped on his head because he's a dirty first, like you're just a dirty enlisted person. So like, we're going to just destroy your career for the exact same offense. 
So it's like, I don't know. I, and I think especially with stuff like that, the case you're describing at the severity level that it is, it's like when that gets adjudicated. And a lot of times, like when it's pub, really super public, it ends up in the Navy Times where they're like, oh, yeah, this is what happened and this is how it was adjudicated. But um, I think that like those things should be communicated as well. Like this, this person is in prison now or this person is no longer in the military. And there were all these other steps taken before we kicked them, kicked them out and. I think that that would help too, That's, just for the public display of accountability. Like, I think it would help restore a lot of faith. That's something that I brought up today. Actually, I was talking to the CMC. Um, we were talking about the amount of people that are in TPU for one reason or another. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, the transparency side of it, of there's, I don't remember how many, right. Massive yeah. command, but um, however many people are, are, in TPU because of the refusing the COVID shot. And so they're getting kicked out. Right. And so I said, Hey, whatever, it's not like that was a front page article of this is what's going to happen. And I don't think anybody still for sure knows the long-term ramifications. Like what's your RE code? Do you still get the GI benefits? Do you get all this stuff? Right. And so I said, Hey, I don't ever remember seeing them go to mast because that was the original Mm -hmm. point. Right. So you're going to go for article 92. Right. And it was like, they got 10 day letters. They're getting out of the Navy. Right. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I, there is, that is a ramification for that person. Right. But mm-hmm. for the point of everybody else, um, cause we we're jo- not joking, but talking about like, just go get your booster shot. Cause you know, that's going to be, it is dude. I mandatory at some just point got boosted also, right? because I have so to go out on ships. Just putting that out. I'd like, right. Mine's I think it's absurd. Week, but I go in four days. Yeah. I think it's absurd, but I, it was, and I looked for a way around it. Cause I just think it's, poor, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need this. Like I got the normal vaccine yeah, whatever, because man. I knew they were going to mandate it and I travel a lot. So it's just making but life easier. Bad, I mean, but then did you need yellow fever shot either? No, like, like dude, how often I'm not even getting into fever, this debate. Right? So I don't want to go down this road and get all fired up about COVID <laughs> stuff. Like I, but, I don't, but care my point was more of like to the transparency point though, yeah, without yeah, yeah. getting you riled up on that. Oh, you'll get me riled up on something, Bobby. The, you got talent. <laughs> I have a, I have a very funny one that I want you to riled up on later. <laughs> But about the transparency piece was the uh, um, like, hey, I don't think the rest of our 1700 students, mm-hmm. they're not tracking what's happening to these people. And like, oh, they just don't go here anymore. Yeah. But they don't know what happened to them. Right. Right. And because it wasn't a mass, it's not like it goes in the plan of the week of, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, NJP yeah, results this mass, week. Blah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so there's I was laughing, saying like when they make it mandatory, there's a bunch of people that are going to go, well, nothing really happened to those people. So <laughs> now's my opportunity. Right. Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't know, because I again, I still don't actually know. And I don't know if anybody does. I don't know if it's written anywhere of what benefits do you get? What's your RE code? I, Can you come back in the Navy I think there's no longer mandatory. It's written. I, I don't know. But but the yeah. It is written. It's like there's some know. bad admins that I because I, I went down that road a little bit when the booster shot thing came up because I was just curious too. But even that's it, changed 400 times. Yeah, right? it has. So and like, that's why it's like I but, think they're pursuing a, a as negative discharge as they can. But it's it's very much like it's saying this is like what could happen. But it's every case being an individual case, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, they were there was talks of them like recuperating training costs. Like if you were in a school, they're going to make yeah. you repay yeah. back the a school costs. Yeah, that's right? ridiculous. So like, but the point was more of like, hey, you should probably bring this up at one of our monthly GMTs or whatever. Yeah. When you go talk to the students, bring up the point of like, 
hey, it may not have been like there wasn't like a public tar and feathering, but <laughs> they got kicked out, right? Like right. there is actual ramifications for not doing these things and right. explaining that piece and and maybe j- not doing that, right? Like I could see from the junior sailor point of view of like, well, nothing happened to him. Yeah. Which obviously isn't true, but you could see how that mindset would get perpetuated right. compared to if you were to explain like, listen, these people got kicked out and like, mm-hmm. this is what could happen. Or just saying like, I don't even know what the rule ramifications are, but this is what it could be. Yeah. Or if nothing else, you're kicked out and that's still going to be on your record. You still, if you want to come back, you still got to explain that to a right. recruiter at some point. Like there is something there. There is a piece of that transparency that should probably get put out that would probably help deter maybe you know one or two people it is what it is but it's still one or two people that might kind of think about it and go oh okay maybe it does matter yeah but that transparency piece is always a big thing of like and we've talked about it a bunch in different episodes or you've talked about it to other people too of the you know when a chief goes to mast or screw something up or whatever the case right like how much is it swept under the rug or one gets an LOI and one goes to mass and it's like, well, that doesn't seem fair. And Mm -hmm. we've, we've had people here that their big statement is, um, uh, like when you listen, the sailor's creed says, uh, fair treatment for all, not equal treatment for all. And so what's appropriate for like an LOI might not seem like much, but that for most people as a chief, like you're no longer going to go any higher. Yeah. Well, it depends and whatever. Right. But, but then also look at the fact that like, okay, you may not go any higher, but you're still a chief, right? right. Like this guy, this other person went from a first to a third, potentially if they were frocked or whatever the case, like that is still much more detrimental than Mm -hmm. to like, well, I guess I don't have to worry about making eight, you know, like there's, there's a difference there for sure. Like not that an LOI doesn't have its own, uh, ramifications for somebody, but for the E4, like that does, that's not enough, you know, cause especially when there's a bunch that goes into that, but yeah, either way, like I, it, it's just hard because I, I don't know that there's obviously there's not like an easy, correct answer for every situation or we would just do that by now. Well, but, but I think transparency would serve both where it's like, so the, the like letters of reprimand and somebody's record are going to prevent promotion. But if you don't know they ever got that letter of reprimand, then you don't know accountability happened. And like there are going to be cases that seem really like I've been a preliminary inquiry officer like more times than I can count. And no case was the same, even though on the surface to an outside observer, they would seem the same, like a couple of E5s got DUIs, right? But all of the context and and like what happened that night, how how it led up to them being in front of a cop doing a breathalyzer, like like one of them could have been That's fleeing the scene of sexual assault and the other one could have just be an idiot that decided to drive drunk. And it's like, you don't get the details of that case. You just get the adjudication in the plan of the day or whatever. So it's like, I think transparency to this, to the, to the point that it doesn't further damage the sailor. Like, cause it like you get into revictimization with some of it and just like where you're, I tell that story about the kid that got caught for cocaine and then like the whole command started like, kicking him while he was down it's like he's already getting his fish taken away and he's already getting processed out of the navy like uh, i think he's good like and this kid was like already like full of self-loathing and just like really mad at himself because he was a good kid and just like got got blackout drunk because he's young and dumb and and then somehow he's when he was blacked out he got coke i don't know somebody slipped it in his drink i don't know if he just decided to do it because he was 
blacked out. Like who knows? But um, the transparency to the to the maximum extent that you can, where and I, I don't know where that line is. I imagine it'd be case by case where you're not like revictimizing or like putting somebody in a really embarrassing spot by releasing that information. Like telling them, like, look, this case was different and than the other one, and here's how. You could even just give training on like theoretical examples of like why sometimes when it looks like it's the same where 2v5's got a DUI, the cases are very different. And you should be happy about that because if I investigate you for getting a DUI when you're, because I had a kid that that happened to where he's fleeing the scene of a sexual assault, like he wasn't planning on driving, but it was the way he needed to egress the situation. So it was just like, it is what it is. Like, and, and the result for him was very different than somebody who just had no plan, drove their car to a bar, partied, and then drove home and got caught. Um, and so you should be happy knowing that that process works that way and that every it's everything is case by case, even though, yes, you were found to violate the UCMJ. There's mitigating circumstances and the CO can decide to just dismiss that. And then if then when somebody else does it with different you know motives and, and context and whatever, then that person's going to get punished. Um, but the transparency is the key to like making people understand that the system like, I don't know, in my experience, the system functions pretty well. It's just there's no way for junior sailors to know that. Where when I go in and yeah, I present I present my report and recommendation to the CO, and then they do XOI and DRB and all that stuff. It's like when I go sit down with the CO with that report, I'm like, I've watched these COs like agonize over the punishment part. And it's like, so they're not taking it lightly and they they – they make the yeoman pull the pay stuff and the and all this other crap. And they're just like saying like I, they want to understand what the ramifications of this punishment are going to be for that sailor. And and then they that, you know, weighs on them. Like I, a lot of COs show up and they like didn't sleep the night before because they're about to mm-hmm. like change someone's life for for the negative. And like hopefully the positive long term because they learn a lesson and stuff like that. But it's like it really weighs on them like they're in my experience, even the COs that I wasn't that big of a fan of had a really hard time with that stuff. So I don't know. I think transparency is a big part of the solution. That's kind of, I think what a lot of you said though, too, it just goes to trust yeah. in the system and, and less, and which is hard to do, right? Like that is, yeah, I feel like what, you know, many moons ago when you started doing all this, a lot of it had to do with people not trusting the mess and mm-hmm. having faith in all this and not trusting the system. And, and a lot of, what you said makes sense. If you just trusted the system or the people, then you'd be like, well, there must, you know, the logical person would walk away from those two scenarios and go, well, he didn't get in trouble. And this guy did like, there's a logical reason for that. I don't need to know. It's not my problem because I'm just another second class doing some maintenance. Yeah. But that's not real people, right? Like that's not reality at all. I think some of that is our, our, our own self-inflicted wounds, right? Where when you have chiefs on the cover of the Navy times for misconduct and, and you, so much of the stuff that we hear happen, that we hear happens that doesn't get reported at that level, but is still super negative. It's like we've, as an organization, move, shut up. My dog's growling. Um, my wife slipped him in here cause she took my nephew to get a haircut and he's on this like chair behind me and he just like growls at everything. But, um, is like we kind of put ourselves in this that situation as a as like a mess as like a collective organization by routinely like 
giving sailors reasons publicly to not trust us as an organization. It's like this example you gave earlier. Um, uh, Damo gave it about um, the sailor that had one negative experience and it was a really acutely bad negative experience. And so that's, that was like an immediate disqualification for every other leader. Like I know that's a bad, I, I, I can't trust that. And, and I'm not going to trust that. And that's every time a chief gets in trouble, it's like that misconduct makes every other chief's job harder for that exact same reason. And it's like, I'm not even mad about it. Like we deserve it. And it's like, it sucks that it's happening. And I, I try to do what I can to like fight against it, but it's like, you, you know, you're going to get that stuff. And when it happens, it needs to be dealt with properly for one to, to deal with the individual, but then two to like understand that, like, allowing them to continue without any punishment. If we were like air quotes, sweeping under the rug is going to hurt the collective mess and it's going to make us untrustworthy and it should. And it's like, it's going to hurt our credibility with these people and it should. So it's like the transparency of like letting everybody know, like, Hey, this happens. Like this is how we dealt with it. This person is either a, no longer a chief or B like, you know, the, what depending on the case was dealt with in this way. And, blah 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 but like yeah it's we do it to ourselves a lot i think by creating an environment where we're not transparent about it but also that like as a mess these sailors don't trust us so when they don't get the transparency they fill in the blank with a negative like narrative because they don't you know because they have that distrust and lack of faith yeah i mean i I, I agree, like, well, everything that got to do with transparency. I also think that we got to teach our sellers about, like, uh, cruelty as well. Um, as we move forward in teaching people about, like, transparency, like, for instance, um, as a semio, you know, I had a seller report another seller and then went around the command telling the command about the seller that was their stalker or, yeah. or, or you know, so I could see, or for instance, like the LOI I got or whatever, you know, you might get a second class, like, man, I don't want to stand watch after chief, you know, like, but like say it. So, you know, you can hear it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, cause people like to hit each and then like junior seller to junior seller, um, especially when you start, uh, like I said, I totally agree with transparency, but people like to hit each other, like where it hurts. And yeah. that's like the banter that you get, especially, I don't know about every other uh, rate or whatever, but being an engineer, like, Sometimes you watch people be super cruel, like, hey, at least yeah. I didn't flood out the space like you did. And it's like, damn, yo, you know, it's like yeah. they hitting each other where it hurts. And that's a, and then if you're a khaki and they know about what you did, mm -hmm. it's coming out, too. Like, oh, yeah. like it's coming out like, yeah, Chief yeah. was at the NEX still in uh, what's the name? Like, he's like, yes. I mean, and and like in that regard, like, yeah, it should be known and it, it, it should be heard about. Um, and I mean, if you did it, then like <laughs> like people making fun of you, hey, it hurts a little bit. But I think some some sellers, in my opinion, don't deserve uh, to be treated like re-victimized, like you said. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. happens sometimes. Like people yeah. re-victimize people, or just like yeah. add like add on like the kick them while they're down thing too. Like when they um, that kid that was getting processed out, it's like it's over. Like accountability happened, process over. Like you don't need to just treat him like he's a leper on his way out the door. Like he doesn't need to wear a scarlet letter and just be like completely alienated by everyone that 
like five minutes ago, he was like on this team where we rely on each other and like trust each other with our lives while we're out at sea trying to keep the submarine in the ocean from killing us. And then now all of a sudden, because he did like he ingested cocaine and didn't even remember doing it. It's like all of a sudden he's evil and it's like he's excommunicated from everything. And it's like he's already getting kicked out. He's already losing his fish, which it's just an automatic trigger when you have a drug offense. And so he's already like has that all those things that he lost, like all of those things are happening and he has to deal with that and, and try to not completely like devalue himself as a person. Cause a lot of his like worth and value is like tied up in that. And so like, yeah. so that's already gone. So like if anything, he needs the polar opposite. Like he needs all those people to like understand that he's a human being and that like, he's already on his way out. Like that happened already. That's done. Right. Like, but he's still a person like I don't want this kid to go kill himself. And and yeah, that's what yeah, you're setting right. up like you're you're trying to create this environment where you're a completely alienating him and it doesn't make any sense. And it's just like vindictive. It's like, why? That's not yeah. in a book that says when somebody has a substance abuse thing that like it triggers us all just like ganging up on them and treating them like yeah. crap and alienating I n- them. I never understood the, that. I, I never I did never, either. Uh, yeah, I never. So uh, we had a guy. Um, I, I told this story on like some episode, I guess, on my podcast. But we had it. So two two scenarios. One one scenario. A friend of mine called me, mm-hmm. and he was going through it. He popped on a test. He said he didn't do uh, any drugs, right. but it was some issues with the UPC group that you know was going on. And my like based off of what he was saying, it seemed like one of the actual like UPCs were like probably doing drugs or like moving yeah. around like samples and doing something weird there. But um, he like he called me. He's like, I don't know what to do. And now his his biggest issue didn't have anything to do with him being like popping positive or any. His biggest issue was that he was being treated different from like the mess. He was mm. like, I can't believe this. You know, he was like the seller of the year. He's like, yep. I can't believe this. Like the mess. Like everybody is treating me like yep. they just wasn't treating me just yesterday. You know, so I wound up finding All his chief. The, yeah. I, me and him wasn't same command, and I <sighs> called his chief. I'm like, "Hey, you, you, do you have? Ooh. You know, so that, so that was that story. But then the other story was we had a guy on my ship, um, and he popped, mm-hmm. and um, I want to talk to him like regular. I want to talk to him like I normally do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Hey, he was like, chief man, like what, like why are you treating me normal? Yeah, and you know, and I told him, and that's what I told him. I was like, I don't know, because you know, his story, of course, was you know that he didn't do drugs. I was like, I don't know if you did drugs or not, but um, like I'm a Beatles fan, you know, I'm a Hendrix fan. Um, some of the people that I've caught heroes all my life, you know, right. did drugs. It's something you can't do in, in this military, organization. Yeah, it's an administrative process to that happening, but." I mean, like you're people, not, like literal, like people I call heroes and admire. Yeah, you're not the devil because like, you broke a rule, yeah. dude. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It happened. Like, you were at a, some of these guys go to like parties and yeah. like some of these people intentionally do drugs, but then some people yeah. go to like a party and something happens, so they got too drunk. Like, or right. something weird happened where they did something they wasn't supposed to do, then they pop, you know. And like, and like you said, then we isolate them on our way out. Like a yeah. lot of times, that happens a lot. Like we just treat them like they the worst person like in the world. Yeah. Like meanwhile, we go back and watch like Ozark or something or whatever we do like, where it's heavy <laughs> about like drugs and like yeah yeah. Guy. I I never I never understood that ever. Uh, yeah, it w- so, it troubled so me too because it was the triad driving it. But go ahead. No, I was just say so at the SEA right they have like a bunch of ethical questions for this topic and they're each corner of the room right is either like you strong you agree you agree with reservations disagree disagree with reservations right so. 
Um, and they'll give you like some ethical scenario, yeah. you know, like, would you steal a loaf of bread to feed your starving kid type deal? Yeah. Or whatever. Right. And, but one of the scenarios they gave um, was, would you, it was like you and another person from your command, you're both going to the SEA, you're in different rooms at the NGIS or whatever. So you show up and after class every day, you guys meet up and go do whatever. So it's like you go to your buddy's room and when you open the door, he's sitting there like smoking weed in his hotel room. And so the ethical thing was like, do you tell your chain of command? Yeah. And I just love being like the naysayer against all of it. Right. Like I have no idea what I would really do. Right. right. You could give me a million hypotheticals and I absolutely hate hypotheticals. Yeah, cause yeah. It's not real. Right. But <laughs> anyways, so I'm standing in the corner that's like absolutely would not tell the chain of command. And there was two other people with me. Right. <laughs> and, uh, which thank God, cause they want every part, like yeah. somebody from each group I to explain their, their reasoning. And so, but they go to this guy and they're like, so why, why do you guys say you wouldn't say anything? And the guy, one of the other guys with me, he was generally pretty quiet, but he was like, yo, that's the Navy's rule. That's not my rule. Like <laughs> if they have a problem with him smoking weed, they can take it up with them. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> that's He's hilarious. like, I don't do it. Cause I want my paycheck. Like, but like, I don't care if somebody smokes weed. That's, that's the Navy's problem. Not mine. I was dying. That's hilarious. And like, our faculty advisor was like, what about you? What do you think about that? And I was like, yeah, now nah, his answer was pretty good. Like <laughs> that actually, <laughs> I mean, happened. it wasn't like good realistically answer. how I felt. Yeah. It was just super funny. That happened to my friend, Emily. Uh, she was at, um, I think it was CCS school, like the command climate specialist school at, uh, mm-hmm. it's called like Naomi or whatever. The equal opportunity, like yeah, Institute D-O-M-E. Yeah. D- or Diomi. Yeah. 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 Um, and she said she reported and some army uh, master sergeant told her like she was sm- they were like just sitting around like I don't know what they were doing like hanging out or eating together or drinking coffee or whatever. And she just came out with it and just told her like, yeah, I smoked a bunch of weed in my hair or whatever. And she was just like, did you just tell me that? Like, and so she went through this big ethical dilemma of like, like and this lady like had kids and was like, you know, obviously very senior in the army and like all this stuff. So she like she called a mentor who actually like, I guess talk, tried to talk her out of reporting her. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, like I, if you put that on me, like I'm probably going to tell somebody and then it goes where it goes. Like, but like, I don't tell me like, why did you put me in that position? (laughs) And it's like, I'm not losing sleep because you decided to like come out with your dirty laundry to a complete stranger. And like, I'm like, come on, like this. No. Yeah. So I don't know. And normally, I mean, yeah, normally like, it snowballs. Like normally, if yeah. the first day you meet somebody, they tell you they're smoking weed. The next day, you want to make us some ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just pop this ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to have fun in class today. Yeah, it was really bizarre. So, that her, she explained it on one of the episodes, I think, too, and it was wild. I'll say so on. Uh, also funny, but <laughs> I'm just curious because I'm sure you've caught it right. Uh, we. Uh, got you know Facebook famous on the ran at least on the chief groups and like the stuff my LPO says and all that mm-hmm. because of our uh, our Tupon ET2C the guy who was in his dress blues oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. With, but he had the chief rocker because that's all he could find that's all they had so he just folded up the yeah. third so he's got the two chevrons but chief, with a rocker. Yeah. 
That was hilarious. We've been calling the Tupon. What? I got it. I missed it. I missed it. Uh, it's a it's just a picture of a kid in his dress blues, and it looks like the Dealey uh theater or whatever in Groton, yeah, but it was a change of command. Yeah. And he like got a crow sewn on, but he grabbed like a chief one for his rate and then folded up a chevron so it was like a second class, but it had a, a, a rocker. <laughs> um yeah, Poor that baby. was funny. I like it, I nothing surprises <laughs> he me anymore. He sewed it so. on himself. Probably, like there's yeah. not there's no there's not no the, uniform, uniform shop lady in the world that would do that. Right. So but it was it was funny because like we saw it, but we didn't see it till like mid ceremony. Right. So of yeah. course we're in like a group chat and like all the people are going through doing their speeches and you could feel your phone blowing up. So you kind of slide oh, it out God. and you're looking at it and you're like, oh my God, where's this where guy? <laughs> and then you look at it and you're like, cool. What's up, Tupon? And he's just like, oh, I know, I'm working oh like yeah. and it was just so funny because my favorite oh my. was looking through the comments on every time that picture got posted yeah. or one of the variants of that picture got yeah. posted and he's like uh, a bunch of more like this is clearly photoshopped if you oh, dig really? it out, you can see and yeah. it's like how many chiefs are wearing the Cracker Jack uniform so obviously it's not photoshopped yeah but um, and then the other one was like the standard like the the chief that retired in like yeah, the how 70s dare you? Like, uh, what is wrong with the Navy uh, these uh, days? Uh, didn't they these do, chiefs are terrible. <laughs> 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 yeah. They didn't do 12 uniform inspections at zero five. Yeah. I would have pulled them out of there in the middle of the ceremony. And you're yeah. like, come on, man. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, but then it's like, we, I mean, yeah. he got talked to obviously, obviously like yeah. it was a thing, but it's like, do I, I'm not sending this kid to mast, you know, right. but they're like, this guy would have been out of the Navy back but in my like, day. And it's like, okay, man. Also <laughs> like on. I've seen the wildest stuff. Like when I was at an a school, um, I, and I didn't see this one. I didn't see in real life, but I heard a story where, um, this guy didn't have black socks for his dress blues or something. So he took like electrical tape and like taped his ankles. So it looked like he had socks on and somebody caught it mm. during you. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Oh. Like, and then, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like some of the wildest crap you'll ever see where these kids are just like take, like doing this stuff with their uniform and they, cause they don't know what they're doing. They've never been trained and whatever. Um, and it's like, it, cause like in boot camp, you only get so much. And then it's like, you get into these scenarios where they're wearing a uniform that they wear a couple times a year, maybe. Um, cause like once you get on the fleet, like, well, yeah. So I'm saying like, how often do you wear your dress blues and stuff? Like I know on certain ships, like if you're standing like quarter deck watch, you wear it a lot, but I don't know. Um, I, that to me, like the, what kills me is like, I, I meet a lot of second classes that have no idea how to wear their uniforms. And it's like, say so they've been in the Navy for a while, but like, when they got to put on like a submariner puts on their NSUs once a year, like they'll get sent to a school and they'll have to put this uniform on that they've never worn. And you like, you'll see stupid stuff like on the like Appellettes of their Eisenhower's, the crow will be like right in the middle. And it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, that's not, that's not where that goes. And it's like just silly stuff or like, or like on their garrison cap, it'll be all goofed up and they won't know how to wear it because they never wear it. And it's like, so there's part of it where like when stuff I used to be really bothered by that because I'm a big uniform snob. But then all, I just got to this point where I'm like, ah, just, I, I'd walk out and be like, hey, show me a career. Like, can I can I fix you real quick? And then as I'm fixing it, I'll explain to them like what I'm doing and what the state like what the uniform regs say and whatever. And they're just like, wow, thanks, Mass Chief. And then I just walk away like I'm just done being like I used to get more upset about it. But then I'm like, I just got more into this mindset of like, 
how often do these kids ever wear these uniforms? Because <laughs> then I'm like, when I'm in a chief role, I'm doing like these uniform inspections on my division, like they're a dumpster fire. And then I had my supply officer come in one time with her khakis because we were doing fancy Fridays in the OCAB. And she came in and like, I guess her stuff was in storage. So she like borrowed a khaki shirt and then she put her Eisenhower over it with her rank on her Eisenhower, but she had nothing on her shirt, <laughs> like no rank, no ribbons, nothing. And, uh, and I was, and I, to my division, we're in the office. I'm like, all right, everybody's got these Eisenhowers on, take them off so I can see what your uniform looks like. And you just, she immediately turned red. <laughs> and I was like, ah, great. And I checked everybody else. I'm like, all right, get out. And I closed the door. I'm like, chop, take your jacket off. And she's like, I don't want to <laughs> like, take your jacket off. And so she took it off. And she's like, starts telling me all the reasons why she doesn't have any. And I'm like, you're my division officer and department head, ma'am. Like you can't, this can't happen. And if you have this type of an issue, call me and we'll figure it out. But I'm like, you can't, we had, you can't. We had a student for duty, right? Same thing. They muster and they just muster in NSUs. Yeah. Go through to inspect all of them. And there's two students standing there in their jackets. Mm. And it was, it wasn't cold, but it wasn't hot. Right. Um, But we tell everybody to take their jacket off. Same thing. You're walking through like, Hey, how's it look? How's it look? How's it look? And then there was two people standing at the end. It was uh, some female sailor and some guy, and they were both wearing their jackets. And we went over and told the, the guy like, Hey, take your jacket off. And he was like, I don't have my ribbons on. And we're like, okay, well you're an idiot. Go fix that. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Deal with that. But then we looked at her and we're like, take your jacket off. And she's like, I don't have anything on underneath. And we're like, what do you mean anything? Anything? Like you got like a white t-shirt? And she was like, no. And we're like, oh my god. Uh, keep your jacket. Okay, off. well, don't keep take your jacket, jacket off. Yeah. But also, how did you get dressed? Why? Like you yeah. threw on pants and a jacket? Like, yeah. I just can't even imagine a world where I'd be like, I woke oh, up with seven seconds to get to muster and just like that was the answer. Like I, when I first made like, chief, I, I was on 32nd oh street base God. in San Diego and some girl forgot her NWU hat. So her solution while she was apparently walking in the uniform shop, which I don't know if I believe she had like this rhinestone covered Ed Hardy trucker hat in her car. So she put that on because she's like, oh, it's better to have a cover on than nothing at all. And I like stopped her. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I lost my cover. And I'm like, well, that's fine. Take that off your head. And just, if anybody stops you, tell them I lost my cover. I'm on my way to the uniform shop. Like that's at the end. Like I, I'm like, if you're that concerned about it, I'll walk with you to the uniform shop and tell everybody to go away. Yeah. Like, but come on, take your Ed Hardy trucker hat off. It was like colorful rhinestones all over this black trucker hat. And I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. We haven't had, we did have somebody who showed up in just a random black jacket one day. Yeah. At the, like the beginning of winter, it was just like a random, like a winter jacket jacket that he bought somewhere. And it was <laughs> like, oh, I just, I don't know where my actual black jacket went. Like the, the, the new, parka. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, new black parka, parka for his NSUs. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, I just don't, I had one. And then somebody took it because, of course, nobody writes their name in anything. Yeah. And you don't sew your name. There's no name patch on it yeah. anymore. So he's like, I, I don't know. Somebody stole it at some point or something. And so it's really cold. And this is the only jacket I got. Yeah. Like, That's not how this works, though, man. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't just just like, well, you know, I just decided to wear whatever was comfortable because yeah. I didn't have what I was supposed to have. I wish I, they like, would like let somebody know. 
communicate. Yeah, communicate. I wish they would like plan that into some of the uniform designs, like like the fact that when like so you'd look at like recruits or like if you go to like the galley and Groton when the best students roll up and they hang up 150 of the same parka all at once it's like i wish they would like factor in like the design that like i have to embroider my name on it or or like i don't know like some kind of system where it's like i can find mine and i know it's mine and there's no way for them to like i don't know like make it so that it's they'd have to like intentionally like deface it to to steal your jacket because that happens like people like, jank, people just jank your stuff like at the a school apple people air tags man yeah the apple air tags are, yeah sew it into the liner like or something dude like and i can track all intentional though right yeah. like if you you know like how many you go into like yeah, i don't think it's always, it's you throw your cover down yeah. there's it's just an accident 12 people with the yeah. exact same cover and right if you might have even if I sharpied my name in there, right? There's only two sizes to our cover. So then when everybody leaves yeah. and they just grabbed one, it fits the same. They yeah. walk out and then you look at it and you're like, well, I'm not Steve. <laughs> well, I guess Steve's got my cover. Like yeah. I, now I got to go find Steve wherever right. he went so I can trade him. And yeah, you know, it's, it is what it is. Like some of it could be just totally innocent, but yeah, it was just funny when you see people like that, that are just like, Oh, I just tried to wear this North face. We had, and it's fine. We had one. Yeah. We had one today. Well, a couple today because we have um, the ITSs get auto third class, mm-hmm. right? At some point, you know, once they complete their school and all that stuff. And uh, so they're going to do uniform inspection today in NSUs. And then there's a couple of them that this week finally hit time and rate. So they're able to be to put on third. And they're like, the uniform shop is literally sold out of collar devices. What do I do? Right. And I was like, well, you're dressing as a seaman until like, what do you, or I, like, I, I don't have an answer yeah. for you. Like somebody I'm not smelting one, but yeah. they did bring it up prior to, they didn't stand there. Like, yeah. I'm not making you just make we, something out of foil. Like, yeah, just wear what you have. Like it's, I got it. It's, it's unfortunate. You're still getting paid what you should get paid. So right. like, that's all that matters. And, and like, go order one right order it so that when it shows up some boat doesn't take it the second they hang it on the shelf and they'll set it to the side with johnny's name on it yeah they'll call you when it shows up and you go pick it up but like i don't know i can't force you to just create one out of thin air so make an effort it's good that you told me beforehand but like yeah it just seems wild that 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 was like an issue that we had of like how do you just run out of and then it just kind of tied in, like it made me trigger. I know it's not the same thing um, of the Tupon, but like, <laughs> how is how is this guy gonna, like to to be in a situation? Like, I don't know. Honestly, maybe there weren't any first class crows for that. I literally don't know. But like, oh, yeah. let's say that there weren't any. What is and it's like, what do you do? Just wear whatever you had, or do you? I wearing the the Tupon crow is probably not the right. I feel like that's worse than wearing a third class crow that was already on there. But you know, I agree. But what (laughs) I mean is like, it's just wild that we're in a situation that you can't just go down there and pick up what you need uniform. And that that's not, do we still have, we have people, we have a couple of chiefs who made it, you know, in this last cycle that Mm -hmm. still don't have pants because they don't have the pants. They've Mm -hmm. been ordered. They've been paid for. They just have not shown up yet. Yeah. It took me a hot minute. And then we got told for sub ball, a patch. We got told blue. it for sub ball in April. Yeah, yeah, the patch yeah. is crazy. The patch is crazy. Mm. They were like, 
hey, if you yeah. guys, especially if you have Brooks Brothers, they're like, order everything now well, that, because of their bankruptcy yeah. and whatever went in with that. But they were like, if you have uniform stuff, if you need uniform things for April, mm-hmm. order it now or yeah. you're not getting it in time. And yeah. we're just like, that's insane. It took months to get like the premier level uh, patch and, and hash marks. Um, but like even they didn't even have CS uh, crows for like senior chief and master chief at the uniform shop. Cause the one there's two uniform shops near me and one of them had like a bunch of, there's also chief. only four of you in the Navy. That's not true because it's the same <laughs> patch that surface people wear, but um, like we don't have a different rating badge. So it's like the, they didn't have them at all at, at the one uniform shop, but they had like a bunch of other rando ones. And then they were missing just like a ton of submarine ratings on the submarine base. I'm just like, well, oh, that's weird. So I went to the other base and they just all they had there was chief ones. And I went up to the counter. Or I actually think I was going towards the counter and the guy working there goes, can I help you find something or whatever? Or How's it going? And I was like, it'd be going better if you had a CS Master Chief patch here. And he goes, oh, we have brighter stars on them. I'm like, huh? I'm like, I didn't even Ooh. know. I didn't even oh, know wow. you guys could do that. So like I just grabbed one off the shelf. The dude, he did it on the spot. He embroidered the two stars on it and they sewed it on my shirt or on my jacket because I was trying to do a... Uh, be a juror for a court martial and I needed to wear my dress blues and then I didn't even get picked to be on court martial. So stupid, but I had a patch. Weird so flex. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so, I had a problem finding my master chief patch. That's not a weird all right, flex. So, so you I, all I know how that I had, goes. I had to pass so spe- a patch on my thing. Good. Speaking <laughs> on uniforms, I, I want, I want to get y'all, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but this is probably the best place to yeah. do this, right? I need some well, thoughts on something, right? So current event, right? So yesterday I, I shoot out an email to my entire department because uh, we got the whites transition in, in May, right? right? So May 2nd, we transition in the white. So uh, I shoot out an email early, uh, 25 April, we going to do an inspection. Right. Yeah. The reason why I shoot this email out early, because the last time we shifted the blues, um, it was a lot of issues with uniforms. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of blame being passed on communication and yeah. things like that. Right. I mean, I had people that like was teleworking that thought that because they was teleworking that they, they didn't, didn't have, have to, to do yeah. a uniform inspection. Right. So a lot of issues. So I'm like, all right, let's fix the issues. And 11 weeks out, I'm going to send an email to everybody, right? And I'm like, if you got an issue, email me. So I get an email back from a seller. The seller says, hey, senior, I'm most likely going to be on leave that day, right? And just I, I read into, like, everything I see, right? I'm yeah. very, 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 like, so I'm like, most likely going to be on day. leave, right? Like, so so I'm like, so my, my response is call me. Yeah. Seller calls me. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what you got going on that like that day? And I'm not trying to get specifics, right? I'm like, I'm I'm like, is it important? Is it? I'm even trying to feed the seller like some type of like like answer. I'm like, is it family thing? Is it important? A birthday anniversary? The seller tells me, uh, I'm it probably I'm gonna have too much leave days. So it's like user leaves user lose days. So I need to take them that day. <laughs> like that was the, that, that was the real answer. <laughs> yeah, that was the real answer. Like I need to take the user lose days. So it's like, so, you know, as we dig, as I dig, I'm like, I'm like, so for use or lose days, like in 10, 11 weeks from now, a leave that you don't already have in, you telling me that you want to do this after I said 100% participation based off of what, you know, the bad uh, predicament we were in last time. Like, this is the day, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just like, well, yeah, because I know that Friday, you know, I'm, I'm going to be on leave. I'm like, the 25th is a Monday. 
He's like, well, I was thinking I was going to be on leave the whole week. Okay. Right? So I'm going to stop the scenario there, right? And I'll I just want to know back. what y'all thoughts Whatever. are. Like, you're not going to be on leave forever. So, like, I okay, we can do it before or after yeah. you leave. Your call. We'll like, what? We'll, we'll it's got to be before the go. shift. Yeah, it's got to be before the shift, but we can do it before or after you leave. All right, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm still yeah, doing my, a uniform inspection, is, which it sounds like they're just trying to yeah. get out of the uniform inspection, but it's like, we're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, so what, you can that's, just, that's what it appears like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you just create. It sounds like, I, mean, I don't like to make assumptions, but it sounds like you just want to create yeah. some form of chaos. Like you want well, to shake just trying to get room, out of it right? for, for whatever reason. Probably their uniform doesn't fit and they don't want to buy a new one. That's my first guess. But like whatever, or they don't want to buy the patches to update it or they don't want to buy ribbons or whatever oh, it is. Right. And it's just like, okay, well, I don't care. Like if you're having yeah. financial issues, that's a different conversation. But like if you're just, Communi- yeah, you but just don't like want to put your uniform on, like you don't get that option. Like we'll just do the uniform inspection before or after you leave, but it has to be before the deadline. So if you're going to take leave starting like 10 days before the deadline through the, through the day of the inspection or the, the deadline for the shift, then we'll, we're doing it before you leave. So you're going to have to be like ready a little early. And by virtue of the fact that you gave them 11 weeks notice, them doing the inspection before weeks. everyone else, that's not a big yeah. deal. Like, that's so, not here's a big my, here's, so here's so my question for y'all is this, and tell me what y'all think about my thought process. All right. So my thought process is to do the uniform inspection before the seller takes leave, right? Yeah. Well, before the seller is projected to take leave. If you don't take leave, I still want 100% participation in my scheduled uniform inspection. So I still want you at my uniform inspection to be the recorder. (laughs) Yeah, if you're planning on taking leave, like if you put leave in INSEPS, then we're doing it before that. But then if you then decide not to take leave, well, that's the military duty for the day is we're doing a uniform inspection. You will be at your appointed place at your appointed time. Yeah, like whatever. And I'm assuming yeah. they're not an E2. So it's like, yeah, I expect my petty officers to like lead by example, show up in a super crispy square or a uniform and show out for everyone else. Like, so that I have that example for everyone. And it's just like, yeah, that was seems pretty reasonable to me, man. Yeah. 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 Did you, you guys, uh, about ready you to wrap this thing I, up? Oh, go ahead, Bob. Yeah. Well, I'll just say one last thing on the, the uniform bit. Did yeah. you see the, the link about the, <laughs> the new flame resistant, Uniforms uh-huh. that they're talking about wearing. Man, no. I just saw that there's a the, the I saw a McPon in the khaki. Yeah, the headline picture of the article is like Oh, is that what it is? McPon wearing flame resistant khakis and it's that basically like, like khaki NW the new one. Basically, yeah. it's like a solid oh. khaki NW. I thought that was yeah. an old thing they were just wear testing a while back. I didn't think that went anywhere. No, that well the article, at least on Stars and Stripes, mm-hmm. was from Two days ago, so it's like a current new thing. But just looking at that, and then they show pictures of them wear testing like solid blue versions of it, right? That's very like Coast Guard looking. I mean, that's fine. I'm. I don't don't really. I don't really care what kind of weird pattern because the physical function of it looks basically the same. Yeah. Whatever you want me blue green. Just don't implement it the next seven months, please. Yeah. Let it. Let it. Let it. Let it. Let the story <laughs> unfold, man. Like I don't want like, because they did that with the arc flash uh, coveralls. They did yeah. it with the arc flash. I'm an electrician, so as soon as they did it, we gotta you know yeah. convert. And then like three weeks later, a message came out like, "Hey, those arc nah, flashes just that, actually, <laughs> yeah, not like people, <laughs> people are catching on fire." Yeah. <laughs> Dude, imagine going from like when you're underwear just have or underway having just a khaki belt, going from that 
to a full, full head-to-toe cat. That'd be so weird. Bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Be so weird. Yeah, it that looks was a nasty so looking ridiculous. Suit. Yeah, I, saw, I saw McPine in it. That was a weird. It looked weird. Suit. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> yeah. it. Not interested. But I'm thinking at a point where I'm just numb to the uniform changes happens yeah. so much. I'm just like, all right. Well, I just want to be like the longest one. Let's go. I just want. I want to be the, the salty old guy that joke. just snipes at people's like from the from the crowd with my beard. Like I just want. Ah, you guys got to wear that stupid thing. Like, yeah, I want to be that guy. I'm a guy. I remember when I had bell bottoms. Almost, I never had bell bottoms. I had dungarees, like regular, yeah, standard. Which, I mean, Damo, you probably had. Did you wear utilities? Yeah, utilities. I I I came in utilities. Yeah, to the utilities. Did you? Okay. God, you guys are pretty young, too. Same. Utilities. 07. Yeah, 07. Okay, Grandpa. Hey, I'm an old man. Shipmate. All right, stop yelling at me. Dude, <laughs> I think we did the math on this. You're only like three years older than me. Yeah, but in Navy years, I'm a lot older than you. That's the point. Is that <laughs> it's you joined just, a little later? I came in more experienced. Yeah, you came in more. I old. learned all my That's stupid not. lessons before I joined the Navy. <laughs> did you though? You were a chief's nightmare. I was. I was a shit show. But that's another story for another time, kids. <laughs> it's like that Skeletor meme. Until yeah. next time. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I definitely did. I had, I mean, I think you could tell we were laughing a lot. It was a good time. I love all three of those human beings. It was, it was really fun. Um, I appreciate them uh, taking the time. And then again, just goes after dark episodes. It's just super fun. It's cathartic to like get a bunch of people like that together just to talk. Um, It was, it was really fun. Uh, Christina, she's not, she's home now, but at the time she was kind of at the tail end of a really long deployment. I think she was, overseas for over a year um so yeah it's just it was it was good it was fun uh chief bob's always got you know 27 flaming chainsaws he's juggling so anytime i can get him to sit down and vent is a good thing and then uh damo you know he's doing his thing in dc and uh it's just super fun to talk to all all of them uh and yeah Anyway, I think you get the point. Um, if you want to support us and you would be so kind, check out dgutsapparel.com. It's uh, don't come with ship apparel, naval pride and heritage gear. You actually want to wear in public. And that's the whole the whole goal is I've always wanted to be able to like walk into a next and buy something cool I actually want to wear. And I can't do that right now. Uh, generally, I, once in a while, there's something that's kind of like, eh. Um, but and, it, and it's not the corny, cringy things you see from like certain social media pages or like apparel brands that are somebody's side hustle while they're still on active duty. It's more like, and I'm not taking shots at anybody. I'm just saying it's not for me. Um, so I wanted to do something that was that I actually wear. And I think other people, uh, it would appeal to them as well. Got a bunch of really cool new enlisted deviant stuff up, uh, that I think will appeal more to veterans and junior people. I mean, probably anybody, but like, I don't know, that's probably the, the, uh, audience for that. And then just a bunch of cool pride and heritage gear. I think you'll really enjoy it. If you want to support us, uh, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, and if you want to just help the nonprofit side of the house, keeping the lights on for the podcast, we've got bills to pay uh, just to keep it going. It's not, this money's not going in my pocket, but we got a donate button on the website. Uh, and then you can buy just like the podcast stickers and magnets and stuff and the t-shirts for the podcast specifically at dgutsapparel.com. Now I moved all that over. Um, so that just supports the podcast. The other stuff supports the expansion of the business. Um, like I, I'm telling you, like in, unless it explodes, all the money from D gets apparel is just going back into the idea of expanding this as a business as I retire. Um, I would really love for this to evolve into like a leadership development uh, business model of some kind where like maybe I'm giving speeches, maybe I'm just doing classes on YouTube or 
and I'm doing things through Patreon and I'm doing all the all things on YouTube and whatever. I think I said YouTube already, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of different ways I've thought of expanding it. And, uh, that's what that money would go to if I made any, but I need you to buy things. So <laughs> check out Don't Give Mothership Apparel, dgetsapparel.com, follow us on Instagram, add dgetsapparel, or, uh, you can like us on Facebook. Um, appreciate you and if you need anything from us as always hit us up don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com you can facebook message us don't give up the ship podcast or you can dm us on instagram reddit discord all the things uh at d gets podcast you can find us anywhere and uh shoot us a dm if you need anything or if you're interested in coming on i'm always plugging to try to drag interesting people on the podcast um and especially junior people like i mentioned on the last one uh, if, if you're a junior sailor and you're interested, I'll keep you completely anonymous. So I'll, I'll, I can always edit stuff out. I'll let you listen to the whole raw audio file to make sure you didn't like dox yourself or whatever. Um, not interested in, in your command coming and like grabbing you and saying, was this you I'm giving you a hard time or something? If you're honest with me, like I will completely protect your identity, even if somebody gets a hold of me. Um, but you know, if you're super worried about it, it's probably, you know, don't do it. It's, but if you really want to, and you're a little worried about it, I'll keep it private. <laughs> and I mean, I, there's plenty of guests you could reach out to you and that would vouch for the fact that I never, uh, I never reveal my sources. Um, but yeah, if you're interested, hit us up. Uh, and with that, that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs> <laughs>